Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your, well, I guess I won't be a Florida man much longer and will be moving back to the true South and my hometown in Alabama host, Cam Harless. And with me as always is your one and only original Jessie, and no one can take that from her hostess, oh, Miss Jessica Green. Yes. How you doing, um, Jessica? Really, uh, I've been having a weird couple of days, man. Yeah. Um, I'm I looking forward to I'm looking forward uh, to our guests today because uh, he's a friend of mine and I just want to move right on past why <laughs> he felt the need to distinguish me as the original, <laughs> but I am maybe, the original. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks yeah, with a different yeah. guest, maybe. Uh, so yeah, you don't, you don't get to know. You don't get to know why I said that. Um, but before we get started, uh, this show is 100% brought to you by the fans and patrons. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, and you know what? You should join the Patreon uh, because occasionally we have early episodes. We have two that are coming up in the near future, and the patrons will be able to see it first, comment, talk to us, be a part of the show. And if you're not one, you don't get to. Um, and we have the occasional Zoom hangout. Last night, I hung out with several patrons and had a lot of fun. We can't get Jessica to come for some reason. Don't know why that is. Probably because she's getting in car accidents. It um, was the, gr it was the great. It was the. I don't drive. I don't even. I'm not even allowed to drive. <laughs> no, it was the um, the great. It's a great feast of the church. It was the um, arrival of Christ into the temple. Um, so that was a pretty big feast and, uh, I needed to be at church for that and it ran a little long. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, who, who sorry, wants to guys. miss a feast? Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. if you want to join us, patreon.com slash the mad ones. Also, uh, I design shirts and mugs and tank tops because tank tops are the best. I'm going to being away from Florida is going to be hard because I really do love wearing a tank top and my, my lover, Brad Binkley will be on next week and we'll both be sporting the black tanks again. Uh, so if you okay. want to get one of those, we are the mad slash store, pick one up. And that's all, that's all the shilling I'm going to do because right. we have a guest. And uh, so tonight we're joined by a niche micro uh, internet celebrity, a musician, a music teacher, a writer of musicals, a heck raiser, cultural observer, a, a truther, the host of the daily ignoramus, and potentially your favorite morning show host, Mr. St Stephen Ignoramus. I can't speak, but I tried. Hello. Hi. How's it going, guys? That's okay. It's, it's a long time. I made you say all of those I know. So, you know, it's okay if you mess something. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is really cool. That was yeah, a heck of an intro, by the way. And, and, and I, I will say I feel a little screwed over because, like, uh, Cam, you were like, we're going to be talking about the Jess, the real Jess, whatever that is, in a couple weeks. And I was like, minutes. I don't get to know. I, there's I know. So, there are so many things. No. So, well, so we, many we have, things going on. We have a guest coming up that's, like, perfect to, to talk about that if Jessica wants to. Uh, and so it's yeah. like, well, you got to save that up for that in, conversation. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's also fun to kind of throw out those little things that people want to know. And right. I'm just not going to tell you. Yeah. Like, absolutely. That's like the inside joke. You like bait them. You like have your own. <laughs> it's like your own game within the game, you know? I can DM you what the situation is after. Okay. And then you'll uh, be like, oh, I understand perfectly why you didn't want to <laughs> talk about that on live. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's great. Because I'm a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big bit. All right. <laughs> so you were a musician and you, are you still a music teacher? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, okay. I got like fired. At, you know, I got fired. I had a bunch, like 60 students in 
January 5th of uh, 2020. <laughs> and then like January 8th, I had like 10. Yeah. Uh, there was a date in between. Um, and, and what's and, funny yeah. is I didn't know about that until I was like trying to find it a couple of fun things to put in the intro mm. and then i saw all these articles and i was like oh yeah the, oh the wow pieces are hilarious yeah <laughs> it, uh, i think it was cool about a part of i mean a you know, cool part i mean it was part a cool yeah a cool part of the process was people hitting me up and say dude this article makes you seem like a really really cool guy i'm like nice <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah. So I, I definitely teach. I'm trying to open a facility right now so I can do group classes and, you know, all kinds of like producer camp. Like I, I've done a lot of camps before with kids and um, okay. like do, do like jazz camp or country band, you know, 12 to 15 things. So, yeah, I, t I love teaching. I'll do it for the rest of my life because it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very low stress for me. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yep. it sounds like it'd be fun. Yeah. Well, what's, what's funny is I think you, you're in my like first real interaction was I tweeted. Oh, I know what it was. I had tweeted a um, a thing, a, a sentence that was pro vaccine and they they found all of the special oh, words and said that it was correct. misleading. And then it took I, I remember sitting there and I was like, OK, I'll do the opposite. And it did the same thing. And then later on in the day, it took the misleading thing off of mm -hmm. both of them. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I just beat Twitter. Was like, oh, yeah. Well played, sir. Like, <laughs> just like that gif, like, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio just like cheersing, you know, in the distance. <laughs> like, well done. Well, what's well, messed up? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say no. what's messed up about that is now everything that's misleading is now being put out by the official sources. So all of the things that are misleading are the warnings are still there. Like, uh, uh, road to serfdom. Mm. He had that tweet that, uh, I mean, they he really only made it times on Twitter. Yeah. Like, that everybody has seen 9 million times because they Barbara Streisand that into, yeah. uh, it's a ultimate mess. Game. Everything's but, a mess. The mainstream's a mess. Cause it doesn't make sense. And they, they called, I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. But I just I, like, it's, it doesn't make zero sense at all. Any, any of the information thing. But then it did turn out that they do want, you know, passports. And so for him to say that was completely accurate. And for some reason, they're going to leave this warning on there that only makes the position more popular. Yeah. It's like, wow, you really just want to cut off your nose to spite your own face. And it's kind of fun to watch. Like, yeah, really enjoying but, that. But they don't ever get nothing ever happens to them. You know, it's, you know, it's. I have a lot. I don't know what owning someone is. We're like people got dunked on them online. I own them, but like what you really, what someone means is they like caught them in a trap. But the person is going to keep just doing what they're doing. So I don't yeah. know what that even like. That we call that hypocrisy on my on my show. Like you know, like you know, in the font where you capital like lowercase letter, uppercase letter, lowercase. Yeah, that's SpongeBob like, yeah. meme. Yeah, it's like you know, it's how people on Reddit talk. But yeah, hypocrisy because it's like. <laughs> people point out hypocrisy all the time and it does absolutely nothing so well yeah i mean you know. i think that calling out hypocrisy most of the time is the blue pill position like you're just you're not Very doing true. anything it's it's signaling more than anything and if you think true. that you're doing something that's blue pilled yeah. as hell <laughs> yeah i haven't talked about pills so on the note <laughs> on it, the note of them never actually having to face any consequences for the misinformation that they put out 
I have my suspicions on that because today the CNN president, um, Zucker, Jeffrey yeah. Zucker, resigned under oh, the yeah. presumptuous excuse juicy, yeah. that he uh, apparently had a completely consensual relationship with a female coworker who herself said, yep, we worked together for 25 years. And then during the COVID pandemic, it became more than that. And their only crime in this situation is not disclosing it to HR. That kind of seems like an excuse to me. It seems like a rat deserting a ship before the ship gets torpedoed. And I just have this feeling that Jeffrey Zucker is just getting out what the gets good. And it has nothing so, to do with yeah. this female coworker. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what would that even look like? Like, it would, do you mean like CNN going out of business? Do you mean like the, <laughs> the QAnon troops coming in, <laughs> going, coming through one day, the day I call that the day of the pillow, by the way. You know, that's like, you know, the, the, if the day were to happen that the hardcore QAnon people are still saying is going to happen, it was like January 6th, January 20th, March 10th, you know, that's yeah. called the day of the pillow where all like the white coats come in and like send Tom Hanks to Guantanamo, you know, like you know, all like the, all, all the different, like every single one yeah. goes to jail, you'd go to jail. So, no. you know. I don't like? think it's going to be that extreme. I, I just, I think that it's possible that, I, I mean, I don't know if it comes in the form of like a Project Veritas release or something of mm -hmm. that nature, where it's just like their credibility is about to be blown utterly mm -hmm. out of the water. Now, it has to a large degree with anybody who's paying attention. But if there's any kind of like a damnable thing that would ruin them and, and with them comes Pfizer as well. And I probably shouldn't have even mentioned the name of that company. We're likely to have it take our stream taken down. Yeah. But, I was like, wait, what, what can I, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that after. Yeah, uh, every single CNN segment show or, uh, you know, basically their entire running right now is brought to you by. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it seems to me that them going down could be very detrimental to a lot of people who make a lot of money and they'll sacrifice CNN before they'll sacrifice the other thing. That is a sacrificial lamb. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's really not making that much money. Not in <laughs> You hear about it all the time. They're not it's even all... doing an eighth of the numbers that like Joe Rogan is doing. For example. It's all gyms and airports too. I mean, like where is CNN on? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know any of the people that really fall for this, but they're, they exist though. Cause I lived in yeah. DC and I, I know their names. I just haven't talked to them in like three years, but they're falling for the, there's people falling for this stuff. Hook, line and sinker. And like, Oh, like, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Like that's just pure, like brainwash propaganda stuff. I have noticed that there are a lot of people who buy into it. They also happen to be in these big cities. Like there are, you know there are smaller people within smaller cities that buy the crap but it's it's like i have family that's in los angeles who bought everything who talked about how great gavin newsom was during this whole thing and i'm wow, like really don't move to los angeles wow. unless you want to lose your dang mind they exist yep yeah they exist wow oh, yeah. Every somehow we share that. blood. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have friends that I know that we maintain our friendship because we steadfastly refuse to discuss these topics. Yeah. That's the only way to make it work. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, it is kind of sad. It is sad, but it's, it's true. It's sad. It's literally like it's, it's a Metallica song, right? 
Sad but yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, to me, it's not worth losing the friendship over. Like, mm. I have my opinion, but it's not yeah. as though, like, I could make their decisions for them. So if they want to get, you know, triple stupid. injected and all this, yeah, if they want to be stupid, that's on them. You know, mm. so as long as they're not coming to me demanding that I do it, we can maintain a relationship. It's fine. Yeah. What do you talk um, about? Um, literally anything else. I mean, yeah. there are so many like music, for example, mm -hmm. we all still mm -hmm. like the same music. So. You all love that new Kid Rock song. We yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I still That's have the lyrics up. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. Yeah, we should. Um, I wonder if we would get in trouble for playing it. Um, yeah. well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, um, you know, so what I do on my channel now, I mean, I, my main YouTube got deleted and what I do on my channel now is I just don't even upload to YouTube anymore. So I'm yeah. used to say, and they, they don't really take your stream down live. So I don't even know. I didn't ask you guys what I can and can't say. I guess I can't say the name. We of haven't really figured out company company that you're. They don't like, seem to care about us. Oh. Yeah. So, so I think far. we're in, we're in kind of a safer place because it's it, it's not like we're calling for, you know, insurrection or anything like yeah. that so yeah, it's a shame that be said about you yeah yeah it, it would be terrible yeah. well i mean i'm just saying that if you're going to do it just don't make it so disappointing is, is all i'm saying yeah, yeah i guess <laughs> back yeah, in july saying, bro, i'm just i'm just i'm just the cameraman bro <laughs> uh back in july we really pulled back out of sort of we were um I, I, I hate to say it, but we had like a libertarian bent to our show. Mm -hmm. And in July, after our 100th episode, we really pulled back from that. We are no longer even maybe considered a political show at this point. Thank so, God. yeah, I'm not sure that we're on their radar because of that, because none of yeah. the tags that are attached to us have anything to do with politics. So that keeps us on a weird little nebulous safe zone for now. So, cool. Fun fact, we did an episode uh, against pornography like a couple weeks ago and we nice. put it on odyssey and in the tags i had put the word porn and pornography and they wouldn't let me actually post it for people to watch it until i got rid of the word porn wow yeah. on odyssey yeah. yeah because apparently that's a different iteration of the same word not okay yeah i mean i don't know how i feel because like if you want to tag it to inform people about it that's but I definitely think it should be banned or it should it has no place in like polite society. So I th the kind of think that's good, even though, cause mm -hmm. I'm not anti-censorship. I'm anti-censorship of good stuff and I'm pro-censorship of bad stuff. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so, and porn is bad stuff. I don't want porn on any platforms. Uh, so I don't know, that's kind of, that's kind of, and also Odyssey for being like all free speech. They're also not as, uh, they're a little weird on the gender stuff. I'm kind of a hardliner on the gender stuff, but, but I mean, like yeah. they, it's biology. Know, yeah. Uh, but they put some weird, does Jeremy Kaufman, did he start that site? You know yeah. who that is? He did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we actually interviewed him. I yeah. know that until like three days ago. Cause I, um, I met with drew one time, drew Hancock about like setting up my channel and stuff. I knew he worked for them, but I, I learned that I was like, Whoa, no. We're um we're actually gonna have a trans person a detransitioned uh trans nice. person on cool. in a couple of weeks and so cool. that has got a little bit something to do with the comment that Cam made I don't want to get into too many details but Ooh. yeah um, oh we, I see that's okay okay 
Yeah, not I'm not transitioning, by the way. Yeah. Just to throw that out. She's there. finished transitioning. <laughs> yes. She looks wonderful. Um, thank you. You, can, you couldn't even tell that she was once in the office yeah. playing a hobbit. It's a wonderful <laughs> transition. She did great. Thanks. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, no, um, That's we actually cool. got a, a lot of positive response to our episode about um our our we, we had a lady on who counsels people who are trying to quit pornography. Um, and treats it like the addiction that it is. And um, so, it, you know, right around that July mark, we decided that we're just going to kind of throw caution to the wind and do episodes that are topics that are important to us personally. Yeah. Instead of seeking an audience, we would make ourselves the audience. And yeah. then people who were interested in these things would find us. And so Sweet. generally, we're just we're here just talking to our each other, our guests mm -hmm. and ourselves. Cool. And if people want to in, that's cool. <laughs> well, and it's, it's also really good because you're not kind of confined. Because, you know, when you're doing libertarian liberty kind of political conversation, you're kind of confined in your um, guests. And so yeah. it's like you may make a mistake and have a pedophile apologist on the show or something. Didn't that and... just happen? I'm talking about that shit tomorrow on my show. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, him on. You had that. We had on? we we had Thaddeus Russell on. Oh, and... I thought you meant the guy. I thought you meant the other guy. I thought the man. I thought you meant the guy. He no, was no, 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 not not that no. guy. No. Yo, that was some no. outrageous shit. I'm the, the my stream tomorrow is called "Don't Watch the Stream." And, <laughs> and you still can, of course, but I'm covering a lot of that kind of stuff. But I, yeah, but I've I've kind of known about Thaddeus Russell. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we've known about him for a while too. I blocked him a couple of months ago um, and I see him out there just reaffirming my decision to block him. But we had him on because he wrote a history book and we had talked to him about the history book with sort of no- We didn't no know about the pedophilia thing. We didn't know, yeah. <laughs> and so we kind of like, um, Cam made a post about it today where we were just kind of like, hey, we had this guy on. We didn't know what his deal was, but fuck him and you know, if you know he wasn't uh, anymore, that would be fine. <laughs> but wow. so at the end of that show, um, he brought up this topic, and I didn't realize it had happened. But him and Bob Murphy, uh, the economist, had been going at it about this stance, and you know, uh, Bob had told him that he worked for the devil or was the Antichrist, the Antichrist. or something like that. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, Bob he told didn't him that that he yeah the, that wow yeah really. <laughs> He told us that it, it, he proudly declared himself an antichrist, not he the antichrist. And antichrist, yeah. And antichrist. Well, he yeah. said the, and I think I corrected him to an. Okay, all I right. I said you're so... just one of them. You're, you're, like, bro, you're not bro, that charismatic, the, yo, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. The, the antichrist is supposed to be charismatic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it can't be you. That is. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. But yeah, yeah that, he, but that was one okay. of those fun things, that, is you know. After the fact, you're like, okay, well, he told us he worked for Satan and said hail Satan at the end of the episode. Just believe what? people when they tell yeah, you who they are. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good <laughs> advice. That's good advice. Like people, when people like admit something about themselves, you're just like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Listen to people when they tell tell you. Know, is that like a quote? Is it some sort of like? I, so, like my Maya dad Angelou, is yo. Yeah, my like, dad told yeah. me that when I was a kid, and it mm. always kind of sunk in there. And it's like, hey, if somebody tells you who they are, listen mm. to them. And it's never served me wrong. Mm. Never. <laughs> well, I am Kanye West. 
okay. Great. I believe I'm you. I'm expecting all perks, all <laughs> on, to be treated as such. Yeah. Right. So See. the guy that he had on was named uh, Stephen Kirshnar. And, okay. And so I, I apparently uh, he this guy wrote a book called Pedophilia and Adult yeah. Child Sex. And I didn't want to Google that book name. Yeah, no. <laughs> so no. I just Googled his name no. plus books. Yes. The three top books that came up that this dude wrote are Pedophilia and Adult Child Sex, A Philosophical um, Analysis, For Torture, A Rights-Based Defense, and Total Collapse, The Case Against Responsibility and Morality. He wrote a book in favor of torture. <laughs> in favor of people. <laughs> these people that ever reject yeah, the, these it's the materialist man it's always some sort of materialist <laughs> well um, and i I, yeah. I tweeted uh i said today i i tweeted that you know i'm pretty sure that philosophy departments and colleges only exist for the desire to to justify having sex with children Bro, and somewhat so I, I can't remember who they said i thought i, I went to school to play with plato not with plato and i was uh, like that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's good dark. The, ac the academia situation is hella dark, man. Oh yeah, it's like it's just the breeding ground of the worst of the worst. And uh, what makes me what, get what, bashy, but anyway. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that feeling entirely. Actually, um, <laughs> it there seems to be this current this current within um, not just academics but elitists who believe that this is some sort of um, evolved sense of sexuality when it's like, no, you belong in a wood chipper, man. Like, this is not well, it, okay. It, it comes in on the coattails of con the consent arguments that have been made for, yeah. you know, years, decades now. And it's like, oh, well, what if the child consents? And like, there was that, that uh, Thaddeus Russell quote when Lee Enfield asked him, you know, he said, if there was a 12 year old student who wanted better grades and was attracted to the um the teacher Damn. and the teacher said he would help her out if uh he had if she had sex with him is that okay and he said essentially it depends and he says it depends on what and he goes the child's feelings yeah that was the quote yeah that was the quote so uh, so today uh you know, this was the news of the town, whatever on Twitter or whatever. And I, I, I like that news really, of the and, town. And, yeah. <laughs> so someone put, and I've never listened to Shane Hazel's podcast until today. And I listened to it because someone put it in a group chat. Right. So I'm listening to it. I'm over here on the other side of my office, like, you know, doing audio gear stuff. And the, the, I have it on really loud and I hear Shane Hazel and his like his radio vo voice goes like, you're, you're a pervert, Steven. <laughs> And I'm like, what the? Because <laughs> the guy's name is Steven. He's like, no. Right. He's like, that argument sucks. No, you're a pervert, Steven. I'm like, what the? I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you're like, I I God? No, you're a pervert, Steven. Like, Did on, he have? Did he have Kirshnar on his show? No, no, he was just no. ran. It was oh, okay. a, a, a solo episode, just him ran. Oh, I ran. thought you were asking ran. about uh, Thaddeus Russell. He had that guy on his renegade university deal right and what's the guy's name who did the grievance studies um uh papers that they 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 put into academic journals and they got awards and stuff what's that dude's name james Lindsay. yes he was supposed to do a class 
with Renegade University starting, I want to say today or tomorrow uh, with Thaddeus Russell. And he on Twitter canceled. He said, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Uh, I don't know if he told Thaddeus that in advance, but it's, it's kind of hilarious. I love seeing people respond appropriately to pedophilic uh, apologies. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. No, because if no one stands up against this kind of thing, it gets normalized. And every day there's a new article from some mainstream media source coming out being like, is pedophilia really that bad? Yeah. Yes. Always, yeah. They always trot it out with their opinion piece. They're the grappled opinion globalists. They like try to test the waters of whatever they do this with war. They do this with everything. Yeah. Well, they did it like the, the, the slippery slope fallacy that's always used in argumentation against different things that the left has pushed for, you know, decades. Yeah. How true has this fallacy become? Because it's, it's not like, a fallacy. It's not. Right. Yeah. The slippery slope is just the slippery slope. It, it is. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah. because it was like on the heels of the first round when I was seeing them come up, the first round of uh, pedophile apology articles, there was also one for like doing it with a horse and other things like that. It's like Shank they, they, they cluster. <laughs> you know about that? You know, Chuck was like, mate, he he has a couple of pro bestiality comments like like oh. five years ago. <laughs> oh, is, is that guy could, I I never Chunk thought that guy could get more disgusting than he already was. That, <laughs> you should never say you can't get more because they'll always find a way to get more. Oh mm. my god! Anyway, it doesn't surprise me about him. He's a he's filthy. <laughs> well, in this in this this softening of things to make them more normal always comes down from academia. It always comes down from the universities, and of course, they try to fit as many words into everything that they write, so mm -hmm. that it they look smart and that no one else can really read it. And then you see the people it filter down to the public, and the public's like, "Okay, I understood this point, so let me say this." And maybe maybe the child's feelings matter. It's like they don't. No, child's feelings don't matter. You don't touch them. <laughs> yeah, they shit. They don't matter in this respect, you know. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, it's not just this though. Like this is the most extreme example, and it's the most obvious. But it's not just this because there's other things like gender deconstruction and stuff like that where they'll start doing that exact same thing where they'll add as many um, like $5 words as as my my grandfather used to call them. You had to add as many $5 words to something so that you sound brilliant about what you're talking about when in fact what you're saying is nonsense. And I saw one of these gender deconstruction arguments. And, you know, do you understand that was the last thing. And I was like, do you understand that gender doesn't need to be deconstructed? This nobody, nobody is asking for this. It's, it's not necessary. And in fact, you're tearing uh, young people to shreds who are already dealing with really complicated identity issues and yep. victimizing them, not simply in, in terms of their, their consent issues, but their very human identity of who they will grow yeah. into, their nascent identities. And um, you you victimized that in order, not, you know, not you guys, the royal you, have uh, victimized that. Yeah. You personally, <laughs> Stephen, have victimized yeah. young people in order yeah. to validate 
your like identity. They, get, they get really good at piano, though, so I don't see what the big problem is. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and that's that's the problem with this situation is I've been saying this for years at this point, but our generation, millennials and Gen X, I think, are a little better off. But there is a profound lack of identity within mm. this generation for some reason. And, you know, I, we can blame the boomers and I would on a lot in a lot of ways, but our profound lack of identity and then becoming parents is just devastating to children mm. like this is this is not healthy and of course you know my remedy is uh jesus just you know go in that direction find yourself some identity um that's good that's you know that's primary for me but a lot of a lot there's people out there that have no idea who they are and they follow the trends and these trends keep getting more and more destructive and dangerous as time progresses and it's it's horrifying like recently i can't find i tried to find it while we while y'all were talking but there was a, a poll done where people asked if they were asked if they'd rather live next door to a racist or a pedophile and the first time in years it went they'd rather not live next to a racist what the i have to find I it so i can't i can't verify this all right the now. racists <laughs> over a pedophile how am i gonna live <laughs> next door to myself though <laughs> <laughs> on the racist part, like, how am I going to do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how am I going to do that? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I live in, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, we're probably about to say some, somewhat of the same thing, but like, yeah, you drive by me and there's like Confederate flags everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm from Alabama. I've seen them my whole yeah. life. It's good. And usually, like it. it feels safe. Yeah. Usually they do not <laughs> mean what people, what people think. Yeah, they exactly. Sometimes yeah. they do. Sometimes but that, they do. In my often, in my often. experience, it's a rarity that it means what the no, bad guys the, think it means. The same people it, who have Confederate flags hanging outside of their house will fall all over themselves to tell you that they don't hate black people. Yeah, like, they don't. That and they'll they'll spend an hour talking your ear off about what they actually mean by the flag, but nobody yeah. actually cares about what they actually mean. It's it's a buzzword. It's something to get people excited. And in this um, Canadian truck protest, Why? there was a guy with a Confederate flag wandering around. Um, yeah. First things first is all the truckers were telling this guy, yo, get out of here, eh? Like they didn't they didn't want anything to do that because what's a Confederate flag doing in Canada? And yeah. did you know that, that it's been used in other countries throughout our recent history for uh, kind of up, you know, trying to have a coup or trying to get. OK. Um, to express or you know push their independence in some of the um uh slavic countries they had the flags interesting against I think the, uh, flags the ussr based. i think it's just based at this point like i've i've gotten so <clears throat> red pilled the last like two years now i'm just like uh yeah confederate flag good you know american flag not bad though like i just i respect like what southerners are about a lot more than what Yankees are about at this point, even though I'm a Yankee, I don't know how to describe it, but I just like <laughs> them more. Are you allowed to just take a position based on, I'm, that's what I'm more about every single day. It's like, can I just take the position based on who I like more rather than like having a debate? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to debate yeah. anyone. I hate it. I hate it. It's one of the, it's one of the well, worst well, things. The second thing I thought when I saw that Confederate flag story, sorry, Cam, just want to get this no. out real quick is wow, your feds do you the same way they do us because just nicer just in a nicer way because it's canada <laughs> you're gonna wave this flag eh they're like no get out of here like 
you're clearly and Justin Trudeau mentioned this guy waving this Confederate flag. He didn't mention how all of the truckers were like, get the hell out of here. We don't want you here. He mentioned, no, you know, those truckers, they're down there waving Confederate flags. Like you dishon you're so dishonest. And go ahead, Kim. I'm sorry. Speaking of Trudeau, I now have a new Twitter handle at Ham Carlos because I, I asked Justin Trudeau. I said because uh, he he put out his little spiel on he Twitter about how bad these people were, and I said, I just I'm curious. I asked, had he ever considered eating eating shit and dying? Like it's a <laughs> it's a genuine question. Have you ever considered it? And I got I lost my my Twitter account. But one of the interesting things about that you whole situation, just said no, After right, chat, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but what was interesting about the 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 truck uh, protest going on in Canada is there were there there's some so when I say to you um, they're defacing statues, what is in your head? Being in America, what's in your head? Spray paint, knocking them over, destroying them, right? Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. defacing. Mm -hmm or disrespecting a statue is. They were complaining and like crying on Twitter about the fact that they put Canadian flags in a, a cardboard sign on a statue and That's acted it. like it was the same thing that we've seen in America. Yeah. And it's it, it's ludicrous. And they were like, oh, and, and, and they have all these racists out there with swastikas on the Canadian flag because they're Nazis. And it's like, do not understand rhetoric. Do not understand they're calling you a Nazi. Yeah. It's it's so no, stupid, they, but it gives him just just the ammunition he that Trudeau needs to mischaracterize everything they're doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. what do you say? A fringe minority? Yeah. No. No. Wild. But at the same time, the truckers do seem to have a lot of popular support and they have gotten some of the mandates overturned from what I've been reading. Cool. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So although, you know, again, I think that there is this like uh, breaking point that's being reached where really a lot of people are starting to understand that the media and the elites are not telling them the truth. And they're starting to be like, OK, I know what you're saying is the opposite. Things got like that in the Soviet Union with the Pravdas. People knew that the Pravdas were lying and they just kind well, of like, OK, whatever the Pravdas are telling us, it's the opposite. We know that. What is this? What, what's a Pravda? So the Pravda was the um, press, um, as it were, during the Soviet Union. They didn't really have like a free press. They had the state-run media there. And that was what the Pravda was. It was a newspaper that was um, oh. basically put out by the I state. Know. I didn't know that. Wow. And so um, whenever the Pravdas would put something out, people knew. They were like, okay, if the Pravda is saying it, then we know that it's the opposite of whatever is being said so they the everybody knew it was like this open secret they're lying we know they're lying and people just kind of went about and did whatever they wanted anyway because they knew that the state was lying and so you know the black market really thrived in that environment um it <laughs> was it does, uh, yeah right right because that's the only way you could get anything and it's the only way things could get done and by the 80s 80s and 90s like they had I make this joke that McDonald's brought down the Berlin Wall because they were smelling the French fries over the wall. But that's not that far from the truth. Yeah. The people in the Soviet Union were really beginning to see how the other side was living. They were smelling the French fries literally from West Berlin and going, why don't we have that? And when they opened the first McDonald's wow. in Moscow, there was a two mile line 
of people waiting in line two miles to get McDonald's French fries when they opened that first McDonald's in Moscow. Wow. Yeah, it's a phenomenal photograph. So, I, I just, just if I may, because I don't have my mind like. So you see that as a good thing, on the like. Do you see um, that as a good I thing? I see it. And how? What? What like, specifically? I, mean, I think that, like, I don't know. I'm very close to thinking that the West is more evil than the Soviet Union. Like, very close. Like, like it's not. I'm not all the way there. But like the West, I think, I mean, I think I see that as them putting a feed bag over these people's faces. I mean, I know they're leaving something terrible, but like the West McDonald's, like that to me is just like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like if it were like a far side or like a political cartoon where they're leaving like Dilbert's start. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Where they're leaving. It's like a bunch of cows leaving, like starving over to them eating to death. And there's just like a guy in the middle, like, ching, you know, like I, I, I think it is representative of <clears throat> I think it is representative of cap the smallest bit of capitalism being able to open up in the Soviet Union. Yeah, that's true. I, that's true. I, I don't agree I, with I, I like I see that. what you're saying about McDonald's being like sort of a symbol of our decaying culture now. But I think in 1991, uh, a McDonald's oh, in Moscow. Oh, it was Moscow. more wholesome then. It was more yeah, wholesome then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's good and point. then, yeah, it's very um, people were the, the once uh, Western markets were able to get into Russia, the people there thrived. They weren't, you know, um, as deprived as they were before, and it was a flourishing of the church. Once the um, government had fallen there, uh, the church was able to thrive again. And now Russia stands one of the most um, stalwartly Christian nations on the planet. Mm, yeah. Whereas during the Soviet Union, the church faced massive persecution and was really only kept alive. They said it was kept alive by the babushka, meaning that it was the grandmothers of Russia that kept church in their houses. Well, that's my and point. Kept the, yeah, this is my this is my point. Like, like, I don't think that that was they became that way because they became more western they became that way because no. they came become became more russian they had more freedom to yeah, be freedom, who they yeah. were right and so yeah, they were no right. longer under an oppressive state they were able to be orthodox again and so yeah. i do view that as a good thing i yeah. do view the those are so linked false. those are linked for sure the yeah. freedom thing for sure because i mean communism is atheism i mean that's yes. they weren't they yes. had no god did they have like a any semblance do you know if they had the soviet union had like any semblance of like a puppet church yes in their state they, they did a lot of the orthodox priests who didn't fall to the per persecution were um accused of working with a, an, an oppressive government um i do tend to take a little bit of a sympathetic view of them because i do think that they were trying to keep the church alive and if they hadn't worked with the soviet government they're their churches all would have been destroyed. And so those, you know, um, what do they call them? Um, collabor collaborator, collaborator mm -hmm. priests. Yeah. I do think um, went far, went as far as they had to in order to keep some of those great cathedrals standing. And it was the preservation of those um, buildings and the traditions of the church, which, you know they had to compromise themselves and so i do take a more sympathetic view than others might of those priests yeah yeah fair enough yeah <clears throat> well i think it's really interesting yeah. is uh, besides the mcdonald's conversation about how communism fell in russia one of the uh, things that was mentioned by people who were in the soviet union and didn't have food and didn't have 
had to apply for cars and then didn't get them for 12 years or whatever. <laughs> One of the things that they, they said that Without helped tires. them get out of it was watching like stupid American TV shows like Dallas. And when they'd yeah. see a maid that owned her own car, they were like, the hell, why can't we have this? And that kind of started leading to yeah. some, because they wanted to have yeah. basic necessities. And so, I mean, McDonald's, these are all very like consumerist American things, which is kind of a bummer, but at the same time, yeah. it is kind of emblematic of the freedom to actually live and have food. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's kind of positive. It beats the alternative. <laughs> I, I'll but, definitely say it. it beats the alternative. I do see what Steven is saying in terms of um, Russia now has many qualities about its cu culture that I prefer to American culture. They oh, are very family oriented, religion oriented. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, in terms of where they are now in their ability to more freely be themselves, and people will point at Russia and say, well, they, they persecute their journalists. Do we not do that here? Shit, it's we kind should. of um, ridiculous to say that when Julian, <laughs> a Julian Assange is rotting in a prison for exposing the American government is not worse than um, what anything that Putin is accused of doing, which proven or not proven, you know, uh, we know what the state is doing Snowden to Julian Assange. Hid in, hid in Russia. In, yeah. in Russia. He fled to Russia. Yeah. Mm. So... If they, if I'm not at my house tomorrow, <laughs> you'll know why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because she'll be in Russia. Yeah. yeah. No, because I'll be in some camp because I said I liked Russia. Yeah. I can't no, speak I just, Russian. I just assumed you'd escape them. <laughs> oh yeah, no. You're, you're tiny. You can you just have, you just you hide. More, hide yeah, you can like yeah, like. Yeah, I, I can yeah. weave, duck and weave. No, you can burrow. Yeah, you can like burrow. You can like you know. Oh. Man, if I knew the language, there'd be some considerations to make because it's base. Yeah. It's, it's because the thing that you got to keep everyone has to always keep in mind that like we, the, the American government, like as it stands, is not like American. It's this global homo thing that it's way worse than the Russians. Like the Russians yeah. are kind of bad. I prefer the Chinese to this regime. Like interesting. You know, I do. I, I really I unironically prefer the Chinese to this, but if Trump would have won, you know, I, you know, that I would like that more, but it's all about what regime is in place to me, at least it's not about party, but it's like the Trump regime was something different. And the Biden regime is just like, yeah, same old gay bombs, gay bombs everywhere to his credit. Trump would not be getting us into conflict with Russia yeah. over uh, culturally Russian lands in the Ukraine and Ukraine has a uh, pro uh, anti-Jewish supremacist government that was placed there by the United States. So, you know, they're like I actual Nazis. Yeah. The, like the Ukraine, literal actual Nazis. Like those are Nazis. Yeah. It placed yeah. there by the United States, the United yeah. States ousted their democratically elected government and put in place a puppet government run by literal actual Nazis. We're well, not the good guys he's here. About the comedian, isn't that guy like a former, like their version of SNL type actor? You know oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. So I think that the, the one of them was Poroshenko. There's like three people that were leaders in a row. And the current guy, the guy who was, you know, the Ukrainian phone call with Trump, all this BS yeah. that is out Perfect he's, phone call. He's, perfect. He's, yeah, yeah, he's okay. perfect as the, the best. Um, 
he's a comedian for sure, but I think he was kind of on their version of SNL, if I'm not wrong. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, like a, he's definitely a comedian, like a comedic actor. He's definitely a comedian. Yeah, Voldemir, Voldemir Zelensky. Yeah, okay. So he, at so age 17, he joined the local KVN, a comedy competition. Mm. All right, and then he was on Ukrainian TV. Yeah, yeah, it seems that that tracks. Cool. He was in a bunch of movies. Oh, wow. He's like their Manchurian candidate, this guy. Yeah, something, yeah. The MK Ultra, yeah. But I don't know. They're, they're, they're still, they like fight in parliament. I love the, this, the countries <laughs> that still fight in parliament. Yeah. Anything, yeah, I love it. So it's like Ukraine, the, it's South Korea. And in, in the UK, they can like jeer each other. I love that shit. I just miss the days in America when they could just cane each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we had to elect leaders based on how well they could fight each other, we elections would be very different. That's all I'm I saying. I don't, uh, but I don't want Joe Rogan to be president. <laughs> yeah, I was so. thinking. The same <laughs> so I don't know. Think we, I think of a different story. We got the different like criteria. Joe Rogan fact checks people in real time. That mm. makes me feel like well, he'd be. Him and Jamie would like. Well, so handler. I feel like I feel like Jamie's his handler, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like like Jamie gatekeeps everything, you know. Like how do you yeah. know? He knows, yeah. <laughs> he 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 basically tells him what Google says. So I don't know how yeah. much of a fact check that actually is, but yeah, he at least tells him what Google says. That's yeah, true. We, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you that I wouldn't want Joe Rogan as president. Like, mm. um, as presidents go, I mean, yeah, that would be better than most. Yeah. Than most. Do you do you remember? I think it was Canadian. There was a Parliament uh, video on on YouTube of this woman using the word fart in, yeah. in a speech, <laughs> and then the other woman going, it's on the, it's "This like is on." Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Y'all talk. Yeah. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> Oh no! We're covering this tomorrow on the show. Yeah, we got always. You know, we're just in the time we're in, guys. We're just in this yeah. timeline. We're just uh, living, having a normal one in this timeline. That's what we're doing. I think that um, the fact that we've uh, needed to have these presidential figures that are like um, meet some kind of like moralistic standard that's completely mm. fake. Like yeah. it doesn't actually track and they're actually you know most of the time like money launderers and gang members yep. underneath um <laughs> we just could be a little more honest about that and actually like just elect someone who like joe rogan who is willing to like smoke a blunt while he's talking to the <laughs> press or something like that oh. you know I'm like okay honesty at least we have it you know yeah that's a good point absolutely <laughs> have you seen this before jessica no that's wonderful. Why isn't the government talking about how to retain skilled labor? Why isn't the infrastructure minister talking about how to implement infrastructure funds and get construction workers back to work in Alberta? Why does this government treat Alberta like a fart in the room that nobody wants to talk about or acknowledge? That is where my constituents have been at with this government for over a year. And you know what? We're tired of it. We watched what happened. I watched what happened in Brexit. Oh, and by the way, constituents, as I'm giving this speech, there's liberal members across the aisle that are laughing at me. Yeah. And they're laughing at you. Yeah. I watched what happened in Brexit. And I- Point of order, the honorable member for uh, Saanich uh, Gulf Islands. Interrupt my friend in her speech, but 
I heard her say a word that I know is distinctly unparliamentary, <laughs> and I think she may want to withdraw it. The word was F A R T. Oh, member for Calgary Signal Hill. Are we? Are you serious, Mr. Speaker? Like, is my. <laughs> She, she's saying she wants it stricken from the record. Yeah, yes. for being Bro. distinctly unparliamentary. Yeah, I think I think women should be stricken from the record. Women, <laughs> women in Parliament should be stricken from the stricken record. You know? It's such we a disaster. <laughs> yeah, maybe from the church too. Time. Yeah. Yeah, we. we oh were yeah, you were telling me something about that the other day. S some female pastor you oh yeah no i found some female pastor who was making the least sense of any human being i'd ever met on earth and i was like oh this is what saint paul was talking about when he's like women should not teach in the church like maybe they shouldn't uh, be in the oh my yeah. gosh have you read the freaking bible uh <laughs> yeah and like do you guys know um woke preacher clips no i don't know that but I, they're kind of you... like the libs of tiktok of of you know of progressive woke pastors is it's that a, on twitter? twitter yeah twitter they're on youtube yeah woke preacher clips because that sounds up my alley <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's it's miles miles of cringe fruit by the foot there, length of cringe <laughs> there was this tedx talk i saw the other day of a woman pastor who was talking about how um paul's writings were uh, gay affirming and they were they were pro they were queer writing and her examples, her examples were uh, that Paul was pro queer in this thing. Was that when Mike? Who was it that drew the? Um... Paul said it was better to be celibate than to have sex yes. with women. So I highly doubt that he was gay <laughs> affirming. I'm sorry. Please continue. I'm sh shocked and appalled. Well, her her examples appalled. were so dumb. <laughs> Because you know that, that what's the the verse? I think it's in Galatians. Uh, there's you, there's neither Jew nor Greek, no, no. Uh, nor man nor woman. She was like, and this is this is queer affirming because it's not far off to say uh, queer or not queer. And it's like, but he didn't write that. You're adding to it to make it queer writing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and who was it? Uh, who was it that drew smear the, the um, smear the queer right? You know, writing. <laughs> What's that that painting the the Last Supper? She goes, and this is how you how you can know that the Bible is 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 pro queer, and it, she shows the picture of um, the Last Supper, and she's like, "Do you see this person right here?" And she circles uh, John the Apostle, right? And she goes, "This is John the Baptist," and John the Baptist at this point in history was drawn effeminately. What dude was so dead at that point? <laughs> what? <laughs> but but that was first. She got the the person who was at the table wrong. Secondly, she appealed to medieval paintings to say that the Bible was something. And I was just yeah. like, I was like, you know, oh, I I, I think that like, women. I, I didn't even like think about that. I was just like, John the Baptist is dead. John the Baptist yeah. has no head at the time of the. <laughs> of the of the last supper like it's crazy but i didn't think about yeah you're appealing to like a a painting right women it's, are... it's, it's it's so bizarre i i think that women have a lot of good things to say but i think that history shows 
their sermons suck and they shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) they shouldn't they shouldn't be like the leaders of like institutions like like i don't know how what better way like the institution of the family like there's there's a hierarchy there but it's like i just don't think it should be like businesses businesses churches government you know like big boy shit is big boy shit c.s lewis made a really good argument for this that made a lot of sense to me which is um, the reason that the man should be representative of the family is because women have a different nature than men when it comes to um, the goals. Uh, They are uh, fanatical when it comes to the protection of their own children. And so when dealing with, say, say the family dog bit a child, would you want to deal with the husband or the wife in that situation? You wouldn't want to deal with the wife because she is fanatical and has no reason to do anything but to, uh, you know, break your back t- to kill her children. Whereas the husband might actually take the tactic of like having to deal with you and realize that, you know, your family has to operate within the confines of this neighborhood. And, you know, just the way that women respond differently to the world made a lot of sense to me in context of the protection of their children. Mm-hmm. We're not I diplomatic. Yeah, We're not diplomatic at all. And we shouldn't be. We should be fanatical and fascistic when it comes to um, the protection of our own children. And so in that regard, you may want to deal with my more diplomatic and calmer husband. Absolutely mm-hmm. the case. Absolutely the case. <laughs> Until he stops being that. And then then terror reigns. Yeah, that's then always you, on the table. Then y'all fucked up at that point because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I sent him out there. We had our neighbors were doing when we had the snow, our neighbors were doing donuts in our front yard. And I was furious about it. So I marched down there and I was like, look, you need to go out there and tell those people to quit doing donuts in our yard, or I am gonna burn something down. In my yard? In my yard. It's just tearing mud. It's not there's like two inches of snow. It's not even that much snow. So they're like cutting mud lines in my yard. And I'm like ready to burn every house in this neighborhood down. <laughs> My husband goes out there. He spends five minutes talking to them. And then he comes back in. He says, they're sorry. Um, they wanted to know if you wanted to come out. We're all going to have a beer. And so we all stood around the fire drinking beers and had a good time. And if I had gone out there, I would have caused permanent conflict between yeah. me and my neighbors. Whereas my husband went out there and was able to talk to them. And then we all shared a beer and it was cool. So like I was like, damn, C.S. Lewis got that shit right. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Katie said we all we all know what Jessica would do with a dog that bit a child. She would eat the child. <laughs> oh, famous there, dog yeah. killer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Famous dog killer, Jessica Green. This. Well, okay. what's good about this it is, is if the bite's bad enough, she gets to eat the child as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So I mean, it's it's a double on win this for show. On this show, I'm known as a famous cannibal, but on Steven's show, um, the way that my chat comment came up was mm-hmm. just like unfortunate. And so it made it sound like I thought that dogs should be killed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now everybody on Steven's show refers to me as some kind of dog murderer. Fam- famous dog. Yeah, dog killer. Yeah. <laughs> right, I told, right. I told you guys the Chinaman was kind of based. All right. <laughs> so I am both a cannibal and a dog murderer, yeah, apparently. Yeah. I've it's got quite the life. reputation around the internet. <laughs> yeah. Big facts. You were also thick like a soup can. Yeah. These are the things we know. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. 
Great. Is that the first time I've let out that what that joke was about? That yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing my Twitter handle pretty soon because it's actually oh, a dick to. joke. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's always like, well, you're an anarchist. What do you think about? Shut up. <laughs> and I'm not. You know, Stephen was actually one of the people who kind of helped me realize that I wasn't an anarchist. Mm. Um, cool. And we, when you said that the first time, I was kind of like, what do you mean? I was kind of like offended by it a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but then I thought about it and I was like, OK, he might have a point. Um, so I, I, that leads me to ask a question that we actually ask on this show all the time. And we normally leave it for the end. But I think that it might open up an avenue of some things to talk about. So I wanted to ask him the one about when his red pill moment was. Yeah. So yeah, like so not of course you have been saying that like you've had a lot of red pills over the last two years, but when is that first moment you had oh, when you kind of realized, oh, something's not quite right oh, here? Oh man. Yeah. I don't know if you had to point to one, it's like the hardest thing ever. I mean, it's like, yeah, I would I, like without having to tell my whole story or whatever, but I was like in DC and I, I'm trying, like, I got to just talk through some stuff. We'll be able to find it. But like, I was like, I've kind of, a, I, I wasn't like a socialist, but I was like a big fan of like RT and like, mm -hmm. I was a conspiracy guy. And this is probably like eight years ago, big fan of RT, like Abby Martin. And yeah, me too. Yeah. My, you know, yeah. And like all my friends were lefties and stuff. And I was just a musician. And then over time I started like just investigating kind of history, conspiracies, philosophy, religion more. And then that led me to, I talked about, you know, I, I, I had like a couple like three extremely failed podcasts with my friends and then I started streaming and then I became a Christian like four months in into streaming in early 2019 I'm trying to think what is the one red pill moment okay I, I have to give you three okay I have yeah. to give you three okay. because yeah. well four actually because but they're all the same type of thing nothing red pilled me more than being out on the street seeing actually seeing how people behave that's okay. really has been the like so like I went to the, my first event was in 2019. I went to the demand free speech rally. And that was like Gavin McInnes, Milo, all these types were speaking. There is my first live event. And I was like, wow, that was at the time I was not MAGA, but I was not anti Republican or anything like that. But I met all these MAGA types, a bunch of proud boys. And they were like really cool. And all mm -hmm. like the anti anti fascist people, there was anti fa there, but there was also like, there's also just like anti fascist, uh, activists that are just there without their face coverings on and they all sucked and i was like wow i was like that's very interesting then i covered a gun like a pro-gun rally in richmond in early mm. 2020 and that was also i was like these people are the shit uh learned about guns this whole time and then i went to the george floyd protests riots in 2020 and that was insane seeing what people were doing to each other. That was that red pilled me. And then finally, January 6th, um, right. the, these were my four big red pills in, in hindsight, I, you know, but I do, I'm very, like, I just do a lot of listening to like uh, videos and online research and talking to people. And I, you know, that part is kind of red pilled me really. It's just nothing. There's nothing like being in front of people the way they really are and how they react and like in pressure situations and mobs. I mean, mob mentality is real viewing, like observing how mobs behave is, is pretty fascinating. Uh, so those were, those four were definitely in-person events. Was there a specific I, moment? 
um, sorry, during the George Floyd protest, you're like seeing the George Floyd protest. I would never have gone down there. That would have terrified me. I would well, have felt like I was in danger. Yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, but first, first thing, I mean, this might just be, I'm, I might be like a psycho or something like that, but these things are very fun. Like they're, these things okay. are very, very fun. I mean, right. it's, it's my favorite thing to do. Like, okay. <clears throat> yeah, the, the rush of it and you are in danger. It's awesome. Uh, you know, I, it, it was interesting because it was mid COVID year one. So most people had masks on and you know, when the live chat gets me going and like, I'm like riffing, I love like racial humor. So, or whatever, just risque humor, I guess. And yeah. so I would want the freedom to like crack my racist jokes in peace. And I don't wear a mask ever, but the, I did for the George Floyd things. So I could like be like, you know, say whatever I want, like under my <laughs> breath to the live chat while I'm filming stuff. But no, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know that the crowds were really bad. I mean, these are some of the worst people ever. I mean, I, I don't really mean that more judgmentally than it is, but these are really like the scum of the earth, like the people that are down here at these leftists, like the BLM foot soldiers, the Antifa foot soldiers, the way they treat each other. Like, imagine how they would treat the, their enemy. Look how they treat their friends. And yeah, that's wow. some of the stuff that I got to witness and just mental illness, run, mental illness and daddy issues run amok. I mean, there's some decent- Were they stupid? Some, dude, okay, so like, on my show, I've talked about this for like about a year now, is that there's this thing that I call the- stupid evil and lying venn diagram okay okay and like you said so i think the poster child for this is someone like aoc where you literally can't even tell how much like retarded evil or lying she is and it like yeah. transcend like so a lot of them are stupid they're definitely stupider stupider than the people in power but no they're Ooh. mostly mentally ill or evil gotcha. but, like but they're not like i don't know but they think they're smart. That's the thing with these, they, and they all are college educated. They're all, it's academic as well. So they think they're making arguments. They th they're saying stuff and it means nothing and they have signs and you will get your ass whooped if you like are, it's a gang. So if you flash the wrong colors down there, you know, right. you will get your ass whooped. You will get thrown the hell out of there and probably like stomped. Wow. So you just gotta go in, you know, I don't know. I don't look left wing. I don't think I look too right wing, but I don't look left wing. But yeah, I just put the bandana on, made some jokes. I mean, they were throwing bricks at cops and stuff. I got that on camera. You know, like there's a lot of things that, uh, yeah, it's just chaos. I got I got actually hurt more by the cops than by the protesters. Yeah. Oh, I, got okay. shot, I got shot in the leg with a rubber bullet. I, I got tear gassed like three times. Um, oh my God. But, but like, but they were they were i was getting threatened those were all accident kind of things but i was getting threatened more by the antifa types when it got it, sh shit changes instantly as soon as the sun goes down with these things yeah. I, i've now done like 20 or whatever yeah, as soon as the sun, hmm. that's where the freaks come out like the creeps and the freaks and the piercings and the black like the black block and the cops aren't the cops are menacing too and yeah yeah, some of the other ones, like the the Stop the Steal one in, in December 20, 2021, right? 2020, sorry, um, yeah. was pretty crazy because that's when the right wing started becoming anti-cop. And I remember being with the Proud Boys and I remember being with a bunch of these distant right wingers Then they were like going after the cops, not like attacking them, but just being like, listen, just go home. 
they were like, I, I've never, I'll never forget this interaction. The Proud Boys are just like, what are you doing here? Talking to the cops, like, go home. If you go home, we'll have the streets cleaned up with this filth over there in a half an hour. <laughs> and you know it. And, and, I, and I was just like, damn, this dude is right. Because yeah. all they want to do is just, all they want to do is just like get rid of Antifa. And, and if there, if there were like a fair fight, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm definitely more proud boy than I am pro uh, Antifa, but that would be a pretty crazy sight. That'd be some like sharks in the jets or, yeah, you know, but yeah. one of them's trans or like, like you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Thanks for asking about, it, cause I haven't really talked about it that much on air, but, um, Cause I just do it and then do my show where we talk about issues. But yeah, there's all kinds of stories that I have from this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, had, well, I will I'd... say uh, when it comes to AOC, I think she's created and scripted. So it's like, you're never going to be so able lying. to read. So yeah. Lying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's, she's, I think that she's created completely. I don't think yeah. there's a, an original word coming out of her mouth that hasn't been written by someone else. <clears throat> just like Obama. I think he was, yeah. he was created as well. Yeah. Yeah. By the, do you guys think uh, Mich uh, Michelle's a dude? <laughs> you know, I have people in my life who say that all the time, and I think they've said it so many times that they're convinced of it. But no, I don't shit think that she's a man. As true as the day is long. <laughs> she, it, it's that as true is, as her dick that, is long. That shit, that guy's wow. name is Mike, Michael Robinson. That is definitely a guy for sure. That's what I think. For I mean, sure. they have kids. Do they? I mean, <laughs> there are kids there. Shit, I don't. I know. I see them. I, mean, I've, I don't know. I, no, they they know who their parents are. There's a couple <laughs> that they they were friends with when they were young. That's for sure. They look way more like them. There's I don't know who are their friends. People in the chat might know, but the Obamas have a, a black couple. They've been friends with forever, and they look exactly like their kids. Yeah, I've I've seen those pictures before. Yeah, they and they do. It's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 as crazy as Fidel Castro and Justin Trudeau. Like That's they look identical. Really, they're identical. <laughs> and they were friends. And they were friends. The Trudeaus and the Castros. They have they have like the flight logs of how many times they visited Cuba. And in, they're like, the pictures. 70s. They're I just, just pictures. That's weird when they do the <laughs> side by side facial of Fidel Castro and Justin Trudeau. And the only difference on is that, that Castro has a beard. And it looks like otherwise, if you cover up the beard, it looks like Justin Trudeau's face. It's really wild. Yeah, I um, but I will say I believe Mike Obama's a dude more than I believe Justin Trudeau is a Fidel's son. I'm like com convinced. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you believe that Michelle Obama is more of a dude than Justin Trudeau Justin, is a man. Justin Trudeau, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. That is true because she's like built, dude. Have you seen that back, dude? My back will never look like that. It doesn't matter how many rows I do. <laughs> Aww. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's also that, like, um, Princess Diana's second kid, Harry, hmm. looks a lot like that redheaded soccer player that they – or football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Pretty damning. I, I love he... this stuff. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so today on the stream, I put out a, a tweet before – uh, 
and it was like i'm so excited to talk about Whoopi goldberg race and the jews this is now become my <laughs> this is now become my bread and butter because it's true i love the celebrity stuff i love the entertainment stuff and then rate like we have to get to the bottom of this race and the jews thing i thought that was those comments were very those are questions that need to be asked that's what i will say about Whoopi's comments I but, think the yeah, the problem with Whoopi's comments is that people cared what Whoopi thought in the first Didn't place. The so ADL that when she changed made... the definition of racism yeah. because of this. What yeah. seriously? Yeah. Yeah, they, they did just changed it to what most academics have been saying for about 15 years, which is that racism implies the privilege of white people rather than just being racism like then why is she canceled still then if all she said was that the, the holocaust stuff she just yeah, is she's... saying race jews are not a race and that is not like confer that has not been proven or not yet in mainstream society that's what i was talking about on my show today like the whether jews are white or not has not been decided by the mainstream. Like, like the, the, the mainstream has decided that like chattel slavery is wrong. Almost everyone has like their mind made up on that one. No one, we can't agree on whether Jew is a race or not. And that's kind of, I don't know. An example they, of that is I just watched all of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David called himself white several times. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, that, that I found that really odd because I was like, are you white or, I mean, not that I, give a shit but are you white or are you uh, jewish like I, what's the I, what's the thing i will say i give a serious shit i give a serious shit about the subject and i can explain why i don't know like we want to talk for like 25 hours but they use it for all kinds of stuff like the race and jew and group thing the way the, the, the mainstream understands this is gonna lead to genocide and failure 100 percent of the time by the way the inherent in the definition of the way we understand words like because what you like yeah and you can't unsee because they use it for word control like you said the adl the, the splc they do these like hate campaigns and i've had a small one targeted at me it's fine but it's like it's all about the words they use and whether they have meaning and they, yeah. they don't you don't get to to say the meaning they get to 100 of the time and they get to change it when they want and the Jewish thing is a big part of that. So that's why I give a shit. Well, I, what I mean is I, first off, uh, you know, I'm, I, I do think that the race conversation and the way we address it is just making things worse. Now I completely agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care what Larry David says. Oh, I see. No. It's just, yeah. it's, well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean on that small level. Yes, but it's, but Jewish, a lot of Jewish comedians do for instance sarah silverman joe uh sorry seth rogan with the mm. santa inc thing they're like openly saying like oh all the anti-semites really don't like hate us being jews looks like we have to like you know rogan is on record saying he wants to like breed white people out of the planet you know it's they do and sarah wow. silverman like pissed on jesus or whatever what is it like larry david pissed on jesus sarah, sarah silverman said she would kill christ again in a joke it's like this is kind of yeah. a common thing with is with, it a uh, joke certain... no well i mean it well that's an important quote let me ask something about that when someone says <laughs> they're kidding do they mean they don't mean it or they're saying it in jest well it it, it depends and it's a it's mm. a slippery slope because once you you tap into irony especially meta irony 
you get to the point where you are, you have a fallback of, I'm just joking. I don't yeah. mean that. And so it's, it's, it's the kind of the perfect defense is if you get to the point yeah. where it's like, Oh That's no, awesome. I'm just, I'm being beyond ironic. Mm. You, you can't be criticized for what you say. See, I think she would do that, do the act she's describing, regardless of the level of jest she's saying. I think she would do that. I know that Sarah Silverman will go along with whatever the crowd wants. There was a crowd and at the at the killing of Jesus. That's kind there of was a crowd point. at the killing of yeah. Jesus, and I mean, yeah. we all saw how she behaved at the DNC convention when the uh, nomination was stolen from Bernie Sanders. I didn't know. And I don't know what you're talking about. When was so this? this twenty twenty or twenty sixteen? This is twenty sixteen. So oh. uh, they they stole the nomination out from out from under Bernie Sanders. And then, um, sorry, my phone's ringing. I got to turn that off because I can't hear you guys. Um, and so, you know, people were in the crowd at the DNC booing. They had signs that said Bernie won the nomination, accusing Hillary Clinton of all kinds of things. And it was dirty. like a shit show. And Sarah Silverman got up, got at the podium, and she said, all of you Bernie people are being ridiculous. You have to calm down. And oh, yeah, do you guys remember I this? I remember like, this now, yeah. They sent Sarah Silverman out to be. Uh oh. Poop face. You still here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She she went away, but you're still here. So, <laughs> do you remember what she's talking about? Yeah. Sorry, no. my net goes down. Yeah. Oh. So, but they sent Sarah Silverman out to like placate the Bernie people, and weirdly, it worked. Everybody sort of calmed down and stopped chanting and just sort of allowed this Hillary Clinton coronation to go through. And so, you know, I know Sarah Silverman was filling, fulfilling the role that the Pharisees would have fulfilled. Um, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Stephen. I think she absolutely would have. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I've, and I've won that. It's kind of Cammy. You, you're kind of barking up the tree that I was talking about. Where I've wondered, wondered this for years when someone says it's like I'm joking. It's like usually it's after it's someone who's not joking and they're trying to save face or something right. like that. But like if it's hu humor, humor, jest, mockery and lying are all different things. And again, it's that's all I'm quite, you know, I do think it's true about her. I don't think it's true about a lot. Like I do think Seth Rogen is evil. I, I really think that that he he is an evil bastard. I, I do. Well, think I think he's I think he's the Venn diagram is a complete circle with evil and stupid for that guy. Mm. I don't think he's a smart man at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't see him as lying. No, I think yeah. he's yeah, he's evil and stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> re re lying requires knowing that you're being exactly. disingenuous. It's very important, very yeah. important point about like debate and shit. Yeah. Did lying you see? It means you have to know. A couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was longer, someone like a famous person. I can't remember who the, the person was. Said that they were tired of living in Los Angeles because they kept having stuff stolen out of their car, and. Seth Rogen was like, got on to him for saying that. He's like, that's just how it is. He was like, you, you shouldn't. That's just how it is. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah, whatever his voice is. Yeah, his stupid ass voice. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, this is just the way things are. It was this weird elitist rich person like, hey, you shouldn't have to just buy more stuff. I think he's wow. so stupid. <laughs> That's so out of touch, too. Like, yeah, great. You've made all the money in the world making a bunch of stupid comedy movies. Not everybody can just afford to buy new shit. <laughs> Fuck you. Total prop as well. I mean, he, 
We, like he got famous out of nowhere and then if you go back and watch these movies they're the most subversive bullshit you've ever seen like these these knocked up uh super bad these movies from you know the the early, like mid 2000s or whatever they're the most subversive i loved all of them at the time by the way but but yeah. they're the most like subversive trash ever it's just like just on the table everyone's having sex that's like what yeah. our culture is. Yeah. It's just on the table, everybody, any age, well, whatever, you know. And what was the um the movie The Pineapple Express? Yeah. And like his his him hanging out with James Franco so much, who turns out to be like a horrible human being who like will push women down and apparently uh goes after underage girls when he's in certain towns and inst- messages them on Instagram to hook up with them. And it's like this is your best friend, bro. Like, you can't pretend you didn't know this. You can't pretend you didn't enable this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> or himself participate in it. Like, I just don't yeah. believe for an instant that he didn't. Like, he wants yeah. to have a, cl- a clean image now, but he was riding along with Seth that whole time. I'm just, get, I have a hard time believing that. To get to that level, you have to be made. I don't know if you ever uh, yes. watched these videos of... uh these rappers who leave the industry talking about how like all all big rappers every mm-hmm. one of them get turned out like all like all of them get get you know sodomized like Dre, oh, yeah. kanye all of them eminem I, every any big jay-z every big rapper if there's a big rapper in the game that means they've been dumpster pumped well, oh and that's God. true for politicians too. I yeah. tweeted the other day jokingly, I, or I guess yesterday, since I had to get a new yeah. account. Um, well, it's Sorry, actually my man. old account, but but I, I tweeted, do like Ham you know, Carlos. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the switching the letters. That that is <laughs> that it's just like a cheap way to make me laugh. So you did it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh, I said, you know, your favorite politician got the job by bending over in front of an owl statue. I mean, True. if you don't know about Bo- Bohemian Grove, yeah. you don't get the joke. But no, have, I guess I don't. Okay. I've never heard oh, of the really? owl statue. Wow. Should I Google this oh, or not? Wow. Yeah. This okay, is how so, Alex Jones. This is Alex Jones' first break. Yeah. He got into Bohemian Grove, and they do their uh, what neo Masonic hangout, and um, yeah, and they have this giant statue effigy of a an owl what in the which, paganism is this which allegedly they tie to molech somehow i don't think the imagery is right but they tie it to molech and apparently anything goes in bohemian grove like there are all of these politicians are the prostitutes are brought in and i'm sure some kids and then they do each other uh, allegedly and so that you know this happens throughout elite culture for some this is in Sonoma County, California. Yeah, this is yeah. It's in Cali. Wow. So I I don't know if I there's a word I don't know I, there's a quote from Richard Nixon that I uh, want to say. Yeah, you it, can. Can, can yeah. I say it? It or do you want me to blank, leave it or whatever? It's the funniest quote. Can it's I the funniest say, I mean, it's, quote. Can I say it's the funniest yeah. quote ever. Okay. Okay. Trigger warning for the Trigger weak ones warning. out there. Yeah. Okay. Go it's, ahead. Richard Nixon said that that Bohemian Grove was like quote like the most faggoty place I've ever been in my like seen in my life. Yeah, it's the most. Yeah, that's a, it's because he's the tapes. He's like it's the most faggoty place I've ever seen in my entire life, <laughs> with his jowls everywhere. 
Wow. Yeah. This is Alex. Jeez. Okay, so the story behind this is that um, there's this filmmaker named John Ronson. He's a British guy. And he, Alex Jones was doing his thing in, uh, in Dallas at the time, or Dallas or Austin. And they contacted, they were like, they contacted Alex Jones and they said, we're going to infiltrate this place in two years. This is like a long operation. And this is Alex Jones is very young at this point. So they like did, they infiltrated through like, they, they got the passwords. They got invited. Yeah. They, yeah, got invited, yeah, he, they set up. So he got invited. Yeah. Like he got invited. They had the password set up. He got in and he filmed all this stuff. And that was Alex Jones when he was, I think he was like 20, 24 or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it's like 1997 or something <clears throat> like that. Was it Alex Jones' father connected, and that's how he know. was able to get? Yeah, he was in like, he was in the, the deep state somehow. I don't know exactly how, but that is definitely yeah. a thing. Do you know about do you know about Trump's uncle? No. No. Mm -hmm. So Tr Trump Trump's uncle. This is crazy, man. Trump's uncle was like the head in charge of the. I don't know his exact uh, title, but he was in charge of the whole investigation of and and evidence of the Tesla estate when Tesla died. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Tesla had all kinds of conspiracy stuff around him and stuff, but he basically had the access to all the Tesla evidence. And that's that's Fred Trump, or I don't remember his name, but it's Trump's uncle, which it's very yeah. crazy. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff with Trump. But if, if you're watching the video, you can actually see right now the owl statue from Bohemian wow. Grove. That is, is super pagan. Well, and, and look at their little costumes. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, this is, I don't know if you know anything about, I, I don't know if they actually make this owl Molech, but I don't know if you know anything about Molech in the Old Testament. No. It was a, it was a Canaanite god, and it was one that um, they sacrificed children too and so this was in the valley of hemnon which the valley that's where the the um, jewish people partook the israelites partook in it and that's why when you read the word hell in the new testament it's typically they, they there are a couple different words hades sheol that equate to hell in the bible but one of the big words is gehenna which means of the valley of hemnon because this was the place of retribution mm. in that time so this is where things were going to go down and was prophesied things were going to end and the wicked would be punished so that's where that word gehenna comes from really? people like to say that it was like Grave. a trash heap outside of jerusalem or something yeah that's what it, i've heard that that didn't come into effect until i think some of the midrashic writings in like the 1500s so that's a bit of tradition that no archaeologist has ever confirmed wow but the it's the, the molech worship gravy, and the, the the prophets speaking about this is verified so mm -hmm. if these people are equating this to molech and there's these elite pedophile rings you have to wonder i'm not saying that's what's happening but you have to wonder so i i found the um alex jones documentary dark secrets inside bohemian grove yeah it's correct. two hours it's it's on youtube so mm -hmm. i'm gonna watch, watch it. it but oh yeah i hope there. Like <laughs> oh really it, yeah. okay yeah, oh, yeah i've seen it a bunch yeah i was in i, was, I that's kind of like no matter like my political leaning, whatever, that's what I've been into for the longest is just conspiracy. I've always been, I've been a 9-11 truther since 
I think like 2009, 2010 or something like that. Um, yeah. I've just always been into conspiracies and that's, it's fun because I think more well, of them are true. It's like for, for the conspiracy thing. And, you know, typically when I ask this, people don't have like an answer. Like my first time that I was like, I don't believe the official record. It's kind of silly, but it was Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. I don't think he killed himself. Oh yeah, I don't buy it. No. And so from there, I started questioning some other official narratives. Like, I can't tell you what happened on 9-11, but I can tell you that some very bad people in Washington got a lot of thing- things they yeah. wanted and that the official story doesn't match. Yeah, That's it's, all very I'll say. Easy to ma- it's very easy to make that call on almost every conspiracy. It's like, I just know that that's full of sh- Like, what they're saying is full of shit. And it's, it's a lot of the stuff that they really need you to believe. That's another good, like, you know, way to d- discern what's... It's just like if they need you to believe something so bad and there's like high stakes behind it and they're like yeah. making a fuss over like you have to believe it, dude. There's some bullshit there. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at the last two years. Yeah. Because right yes. in right now, I'm not saying that it's going to end anytime soon or that things are good now at all. But their narrative is falling apart in mm-hmm. real time. And mm-hmm. it's fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's the that's the best thing. There are a lot of bad things about social media, but that's the best thing about social media is that the information is out there and verifiable faster than they can spin the narrative. I will say, and this gives me hope. I have some friends who are distinctly apolitical. They're very much go along to get along kind of people. So when the vaccines came out, when the masking mandates were out, they did what they had to do. They wore masks, they got vaccines. Recently, we were over there and we asked them, are you guys going to get boosters? And they said, oh, hell no, we're not getting those boosters. Yeah. And so that kind of like was a major white pill for me because I'm like, these are go along to get along people. They're not getting boosters. So, you know, there are a lot of people who who got it and then got Omicron, which I think Mm -hmm. is let's be honest. It's now if it's not in endemic status rather than pandemic status, if you buy all of that stuff. It was a, it's I it was a bad cold. Yeah. I mean it, it how much longer can they hang on to this? Yo, I think that like I'm actually still sticking to my prediction. I I uh, in like mid 2020 I said a decade. Oh wow. Uh, a decade? I I'd be sticking to my story, bro. I think that I hope not. Keep this shit going. And now we like I'm already not even it doesn't affect me at all where i'm at no one wears a mask even the most liberal people don't wear a mask and it's fine yeah. and i only engage in it because i'm like online but i don't really do the fighting thing online i just do the being me online and mm-hmm. yeah that's you know that's what um, I and do. that's fine but i think in the cities in the most liberal of places it's the cities and in the establishment especially if uh, a democrat keeps winning pre- the presidency it's gonna i think it's gonna be 10 years it's gonna be like every bit of 10 years they're going to keep milk it. I haven't made any, you know, uh, predictions on how long it'll last. All I know is that I was the, I, I saw the canary in the coal mine die and got away. Cause we were living, I don't know if you know this, Stephen, we were living in Pennsylvania when right before the stuff started going down. So January to March, we were in Pennsylvania and in February when stuff started flowing in, I was like, I don't feel comfortable staying here. And then I went to a Wawa and the lady in front of me, when things were starting to happen in New York, because they were the earliest, she said, I wish Governor Wolf was as strong as Cuomo. And I said, I don't want to live near these people. Wow. The boldness (laughs) of that statement. 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially and considering went, everything we know now. No. And, th- and then I went to a liquor store on um, St. Patrick's day to get some Irish whiskey. And the lady at the desk goes, uh, Hey, it's good. You came in today because every liquor store in Pennsylvania is closing down at the end of the night. And I was like, is that what the, the plywood up front is for? And she says, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to have to board up everything so that people don't break in. And I was like, okay. And then a week later we were in Florida. Yeah. You got to leave, man. It's just terrible. It's just, it's just a terrible, I couldn't, I, I can't, I couldn't imagine still being in DC. It's just like all these little, these cities and these, it's just, I don't know. I used to really mock people that said, uh, liberalism is a mental disorder, but I really do think that, and it's not a joke. I mean, it is funny to say it as a joke to mock people, but it literally is like the liberal worldview is a mentally ill worldview. Like I get it now. It's, yeah. it, it, it just keeps getting more degenerate. Like keep degenerate, degenerating more, like not as far as like gender is sex stuff, but like degenerating to like, it's like now it's like idiocracy. It's going to end in that. And like, which I still haven't seen by the way, but it's not just degenerative, degenerative, I guess that's the right word. Um, it's demonic. Yeah. And I think not enough people are willing to say that because if you bring up things such as demons, Right. It, it, it's, it's like people can um, find a way to dismiss that because atheism like runs the day. But, you know, if, if we're not going to call things what they are, then we're doing a disservice to people. So um, it's demonic. And I'm going to say that it's yeah. demonic. And it all goes back to academia and the universities and the teaching of teachers and public schooling, because this yeah. is this is indoctrination from a very young age. And so homeschool your kids because it even gets into the private yeah. school or start a school. That's what yeah. I'm about because yeah, because I'm just trying to like have my little cold. I don't live on a cul-de-sac, but just like my little street start it, start a school and just run it because that's that is homeschool, right? Like a private school where everyone groups up and you don't tell anybody is a homeschool. Yeah, just don't tell anyone. You know, you just, that is homeschool. You know, it, yeah. In Georgia, we have a lot of um, homeschool co-ops. Where it's yeah. like groups of parents get this together because there is something to socialization. I mean, I know we like to dismiss the idea, but I mean, like in, with Cam's kids, there are five of them. So there's definitely a lot of socialization going on in that group. But if you just have your single child at home, they're not getting the social interaction that they well, need. Well, and, and you know, but unless you're going to church or you have friends uh, one the one of the worst arguments that I hear, and I'm not saying you're making this exact argument, but one of the worst arguments against homeschooling is the socialization argument. Like we all have little litters of puppies, yeah. That we have to yeah. that we have to teach how to be humans, but little humans learn how to be who they are through watching their parents interact with each other, going to church, their parents having friends, etc. And so yes, the co-ops are very good. I just want to make sure, like the socialization argument. Uh, I, I, I know where I know where you're going with that, but I do think that I have like I've encountered enough people who were kind of like isolated in their homeschool with their one parent, with their like one single mother, and they do have trouble when they get into college. Finally, actually, nine like, out of ten times, it's because their parents are fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> more than anything that's why else, exposure to other people is ne- necessary. It's just yeah, well, my and, own and, and it's. I mean, and exposure I to other people is so... necessary, just just not in that kind of rigid socialization yeah. framework. It can happen in any number of ways. But I will tell you, every single super weird homeschool kid you see 
is because they have super weird parents and you can see it in public schools as well. There, you, there's that weird guy. And it yeah. wasn't because he was a, he, he didn't get better in public school. He just has weirdest shit parents. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, like socialization is important, but that's right. for the human and for community rather than like having them relate to their peers. Cause I don't, if I, I don't, I don't want my kids to relate to these kids. No, I don't want I like, you know, there, there are some shitty kids and I don't want my, my kids to relate to them. This is why <laughs> no. I think co-ops are a good thing though, because I do think it's good for kids to have like um, conflict resolution and things like that. And when they have to deal with other people, their age, they actually go yeah. through the, these conflict resolution paces when in a safer environment when they're still young, as opposed right. to having to deal with conflict for the first time when they become adults, which can yeah. present a lot of challenges to people who've never had to, you know, like never gotten a fight in school. I think it's actually like getting in a fight when you're a kid is actually kind of like an important learning process. I did all my fights in, in church. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I will, the only reason I say this is because a lot of times, especially when you're arguing with people who are against even co-ops or against private schools or whatever, they, especially if they're against homeschoolers, they use the socialization argument. Yeah, I get and that. It's, you, yeah. Just, you, just, you just got to be very that, careful yeah. around it. Yeah, I don't yeah. buy a lot, a lot of these like myths or whatever. So um, are we going to talk about music? I saw you put that thing up on yeah. the screen. And I was like, we didn't talk about well, music. Well, you know. well I, 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 I did. We Which did name fine. it Don't Stop Music. But I, I do want to know about your, the project you're working on, yes. as well as Jessica told me you're writing a musical. Which oh, I'm not a musical I don't know guy, if I was supposed to say I'm anything curious. about that. I tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, all right. Uh, no, I mean I'm writing a musical. It'll probably take. I mean, if I take it seriously with producing it, it's going to take two years to be on, like to like make it on a stage okay. or something like that. So it's it takes a long time to do that. I've never done it before, but I've worked in them. But yeah, I mean, my solo project is kind of what I'm working on right now. I'm putting out an album in on Valentine's Day. I spent January recording it. Uh, I put out a rap album in 2020 that I just produced myself. Uh, but yeah, rap, sing, play a bunch of instruments, and I'm still trying to figure out whether I want to start a band. But you know, I've just been doing the band thing for. You know, I did the band thing for about 10 years, and then I stopped doing the band thing for two or three, which is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my band, my music name is No Nothing Steve. I'm Stephen Ignoramus, and my music. Name is No Nothing Steve, and you know that's uh, it's. I just rap and write songs and cover stuff and and teach and try to you know. I but I could do an orchestra. I want to do it like I want to do an orchestra. I want to do a jazz band. I want to do a play. I want to do a. There's many things that need to be done. Are you involved? I'm, speaking I, of the homeschool thing, are you involved in a co-op capacity with I'm homeschool? Getting there. Yeah, yeah I'm, okay. I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, that's this year is when I'm going to launch my business a little bit more legit. Okay. And uh, yeah, get involved in some co-ops, get involved in some churches, some some schools, because um, I want to do the gr- group classes. That's what mm-hmm. I I think I can bring to the table. That a lot. I mean, a lot of people do one-on-one classes, but you know, I have a bunch of different types of group classes that I can instruct that are really fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna you know, it's part of my project just to get in touch with. It's hard to do though. Like I like, where do you start with? networking you know but yeah the, the cool thing is around here where i'm at is very old school so people call each other and they you know they everyone talks to each other like i talk to more people in a in a day than i would in a in a couple weeks out in dc mm. like if yeah. i go to go to get breakfast in the morning i run a couple errands i'll talk to like 15 people 
just from mm-hmm. saying hi and like you notice something or you help someone or you it's a small town so you know right. that's like that's networking i guess that that's what that is right just just talk to people and and i'd make sure to bring up what i'm trying to do you know i'm trying right. to start a music music school so you just have to like be that that's one thing you know i'm kind of ranting a lot but like uh that's one thing i've noticed about being in the south these people can talk man these yeah, people yeah. just these people know how to talk dude so like yeah. you just got to be quick you got to say you know if you want to communicate something you have to be assertive and these people they they know how to talk and they have a sense of conversational pace that your city person that's used to looking down at their phone phone all the time is not used to right um, yeah so it's 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 fun i love it i love the south it's really good for someone who wants to sharpen their wit because you have to you have to be able to see the opening coming you have to be able yep. to throw it in there it's yeah, like I'm getting good at it i'm getting good at it I, I've, I've been honing my skills at the local uh restaurant and i'm like man i'm getting better at the gift of gab yeah absolutely one of the things i like um about living in a small town which we just moved to three or four years ago is you do get to know everybody so i know the guy who works at the gas station i know the guy who works at the waffle house he's our waiter every single time yeah. we know all about his life where he's going to college what he's studying who his mom and dad are like and so now like we have personal relationship with this person whereas in the city you, you would never know you wouldn't even talk to your neighbors i certainly didn't when i lived in downtown atlanta i didn't know the names of my neighbors i know every person on my street mm-hmm. i i know all their little Piccadillos too, because yeah, there's a lady. Gotta, who- yeah, you have more of a, a responsibility because you have a reputation too. I mean, that's one I'm not really yeah. used to, where I just like pop off online and say whatever the hell I want. Like mm-hmm. I, I, like I have to be pretty chill out here because people are watching. Yeah, you know everybody. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, well, like I when also- I see other people's kids playing, I'm keeping an mm-hmm. eye on them because that's yeah. all of our kids. Yeah, you know exactly. Yep. Well, that's what I love about the South is uh, people like to, in the North in particular, like to think that we're just like mean, but we're nice about being mean. But that's not generally the case, even though when we're telling Canadians, you how it is. By the way, that's what I think Canadians are doing with their little, their yeah. little freaking maple syrup. But that's not what we're game. doing. <laughs> but, it's, it's, it, but that's <laughs> not what we're doing. But we will, we will try our best to be kind when we're telling you we disagree with you or yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. yeah we'll try our true. best to be to be kind but you don't really have an accent though you 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 don't really sound like you're from the south are you originally from the south i am from birmingham alabama really wow don't yeah like that deep a deep drawl my dad had one my mom didn't have much of one because she moved around but i when i was um when i was a kid and this is the only thing i can attribute it to was i was really into doing like accents and and impressions mm. which i don't do much of those now but like i was very into voice control and so i i know that i didn't want to sound i know it, that i didn't want to sound like some of my neighbors did because even yeah. though they were very smart people would not listen to them. and so i was like you know maybe i'll talk a little bit differently wow so i i think it has an effect too that um we're all watching the same tv and so mm. we all watch these people on television who have these non-regional dialects and yeah. children are emulating that maybe more so than the people around them depending on how much they watch television so yeah. i think that that affects even even our generation i think affected the way that we talk yeah yeah i mean kids are so good at copying. i mean people are so good at copying in general but just as a mm-hmm. teacher it's it's pretty crazy how kids can just copy some stuff and 
you do it enough times, like, you know, copying something plus repetition is how you get to, that's how you learn how to do anything. And mm -hmm. I read a, like a story about how the kids are like talking with a British accent because of what Peppa Pig. Is yeah. That in Brit yeah. Is that in the yeah. British language? Yeah. I mean, uh, but it's like, they won't stop. That's, that's what the, that's pretty bad, man. You gotta be, you yeah. gotta be hearing your, your parents' voices more than any other voice in my, I'm not a yeah. parent, but it's like, seems like that's the voice that yeah. that's more important. Right. Well, it's like, uh, I don't, I don't know about the Peppa Pig one as much, but I do know that a lot of American kids are watching Bluey, which is Australian. And apparently oh. a bunch of little kids are not saying, I want to go on vacation. They're saying, when are we going on holiday? Yeah, and I'm like, no. we're Get not that out of here. <laughs> we aren't, we aren't Australian. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Stephen, you're also, uh, working on an album. Did you talk about that? Yeah. Cause I, I, yeah, I mean, it's coming out. I mean, it's, it's coming out on Valentine's day and I cut it in a month. It was a pretty cool process. It was my first album that I, well, it's my only my second solo album. I've done a bunch of stuff with bands and things like that, but it's my second solo album and it's my first one. Well, I guess my first album, I produced everything. My first album was all like software instruments, voice and guitar, and it was just rap okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. And now this one is more songs. There is one rap song on there, uh, but it's more like songs. And I did it in a, in a real studio with real instruments and, but I played all the instruments, which is pretty that's pretty cool claim to fame. I played every, like every note on the whole album is me playing it. It's a one man uh, band situation. Yeah, drums, yeah. guitar, the, keys. The everything. only person I've heard of that's done that as well is I don't really like his music, but it was a guy, the, his band was called the rocket summer. Mm, I don't know and he did, he did every single track on his yeah. album as well. Prince, Prince used to do that. Yeah. That yeah. was one of, that was one of Prince's big things. Um, but yeah, it was I wasn't gay enough as a child to like Prince. I, I never uh. liked Prince, but I just knew I, I was <laughs> really into um I was really into music history. So I would okay. learn all like a little lore about what all the people's recording process and stuff like that. But um I'm working with a producer. Well, he's he's actually the engineer, I guess. He's just working the board and I'm producing the album as well, and that I'm making the the like creative decisions on everything. But okay. we got got done quick. I mean, we got it done in about five days in the studio, like five, five hour days, five. So like 25 to 30 hours, it's five wow. songs. And uh, I'll be coming out with something. I'm, I'm planning on doing a, like a gospel album, like a worship, I guess, like hymns. Oh, I'm doing yeah. that later this year. And uh, do you remember then, I sent you that hymn that I wanted mm -hmm. you to cover? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All it's right. on my list. Yeah. I'm working on it. I hope that it. makes yeah. it awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm also going to start my next album later this year. I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. There's so just going to keep trucking, but I want to start a band eventually. I think like I want to be in my dream is to do like the, like a right wing late night show with me as the band leader of the house band. Like that is kind okay. of the dream. Yeah. Like based in red pilled, like if Nick Fuentes had a band and a, and a comedian, I would want to be his band. If he had like, <laughs> if, like America first were on the road wow. and it was in studio, he was doing the, the host and I was the band leader and there was like a comedian there. That's what I would really like to do. I mean, have you floated this idea to Nick Fuentes? No, no. I mean, look, I gotta be way more six. Like the thing that I've learned about streaming, I mean, I guess is also how I feel about music is when you're a kid and you're into, and I maybe am describing like Cam, you're a musician, right? Do you play like, I, I, play, I play guitar. guitar. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you probably will relate with what I'm about to say. Like you learn about all these bands. There's all these cool bands and all like they're the people you worship or whatever at the time is are they're in bands. So what you're supposed to do is start a band and the way yeah. you make it is as a band. So yeah. you start a bunch of bands and none of them ever, ever go anywhere. Not mm -hmm. realizing that what you should have done the whole time is just become a good solo artist and like or work with one other person something but it's not a band like you have to get you have to get like i have no capital to bring to nick fuentes whatsoever he's richer than me he's what more well smoke is spoken to me he's, he's younger he has his own platform in order to pitch something like that you have to have capital in the form of an audience or like the best idea ever or something like that so that's what i'm focusing on is it's just building my career and my business so when i go to a person i can pitch them something real and it's not based on some bullshit because that's yeah. you only get one chance at that and it's got to be a good you got to have it well thought out and you have to you have to succeed okay so you might as well not try i mean like because if a person came to me today with like a pitch like that and i didn't know them at all it better be think about it i better be really freaking good or you have to bring something to the table or i'm gonna think you're weird probably forever Right. You know, I got like, you. Like, okay. Unless maybe they come back three years from now and say they have a better idea and then I'm, I'll listen again. But that that's going to take a long time to build. I guess it's my okay. Yeah. So if if somebody wanted to get a hold of your first album, what's it oh, called? It's on and SoundCloud. Where do I it's on SoundCloud. Okay. It's on uh, it's on um, my SoundCloud.com slash no nothing Steve. Okay. And I had to re upload a song because I didn't want people to, I didn't, I don't, I'm, I don't want to cross pollinate my two fan. Like I want my music thing to be my music and I want my commentary like streaming thing to be that. So I don't want it to say Steven ignoramus anywhere on no, nothing Steve's branding. So right. th that was okay. in the song. So I cut it out and I re uploaded it, but yeah, everything's on my, everything's on my, uh, over on my, my SoundCloud. I'm a SoundCloud rapper. Okay. Yeah. And then Mumble is rapper. that where yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that where you're going to be releasing your second album? I don't know. Okay. So here's the deal. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to do a listening party on the 14th and oh, fun. Then I'm going to figure out, I probably am going to have this album up for free for in like, I probably will. What I'll probably do is I'll put the album up in one file on YouTube. Okay. So, so you can listen to it. It'll probably be like 35 minutes. You can listen to it, but then once I put it on whatever I'm going to sell it on, I'm going to take it off. Okay. So it'll be like free for probably a couple months. Okay. You, you know, yeah. Yeah. So. That sounds great. I, I mean, yeah. I've been to, I don't know if you would call it a listening party, but uh, you had a live feed where you were playing music. Mm. Oh yeah. That's mean, just the concert. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. You mean where I'm stream, you, like playing stuff? You mean? Yeah. You were playing, oh, you yeah. played the guitar yeah. and um, you know, a lot of things around here were closed um, due to the pandemic. Mm. And I hadn't been out to like a live show in a really long time. You know, like I like to go to a bar. I like to go to bars oh. when a live band is playing. And it really brought that feeling into my wow. living room. And me and my husband, we cracked a couple of beers. We danced around. Like it really felt like we hadn't cool. had that experience in a long time. Yeah. And so I was like, I had a lot of gratitude for that. We had fun that night. Yeah, I remember which one you're talking about. That was a really pretty, actually pretty special stream. And, you know, as I like doing that. Uh, and, but the, the in-person thing is, that's what I'm all about. I've been, yeah. I, I play at the same bar. I'm the host of an open mic where I'm at once a month. And then the next Friday after that, I, uh, 
play like a solo gig there, like three hour yeah. gig, you know, once a month. And I've been streaming yeah. from there and that's been cool because that gets both. Cause mm-hmm, you have people mm-hmm. in the crowd, you have people on the stream as well, because it's really, some people are really good at the music streaming thing, like being in studio. And I, I, I'm going to get a lot better at that, but really the, in, the in-person stuff is it's, you can't beat it. Like you cannot beat the in-person music thing. And that, yeah. that, like you said earlier in the, in the stream, like that really can unite people. There's people that I don't even know, and I don't even care what their ideology is. We're just having mm-hmm. fun and I'm playing songs, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't played an open mic since I think I was twenty two. Oh snap! Some like eleven years ago. And what was so wow. funny is the first one I ever did, I was asked to play by a girl who would become my girlfriend later, and they'd been playing all night, and there was a like three dollars in the tip jar, and then I got up and played like four songs or something, and when I got off the stage, there were there was like twenty five dollars in the tip tip jar, and I was like, hey. Hell yeah. And it's great. Sorry. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. Just getting a little bit. I mean, I get, you know, usually 50 plus dollars in tips every time I play now, which is great. Nice. And I get paid a little bit on the, by the bar and stuff. And it doesn't take much to just make it all worth it. And you don't yeah. need all the money in the world. You just like a little cash in your pocket. And then you get to play three hours of music. It's just a, it's just a fine trade. I have enjoyed solo artists that play at small bars more intimately and deeply than I have large concert halls by famous people where I've paid exorbitant amounts of money to be there. Mm. And I really feel like the solo artist in the bar has more invested in entertaining me. Mm. Like there's just not this like worshiping adulation coming from the crowd. They actually have to like, you know, concentrate on what they're doing and like, I don't know. I just have really um, appreciated people in that line of work. Like, I know it's not always what it's cracked up to be, but um, the best times of my life have been in those situations. Live music is very, uh, very human. It's very like transcendent. And yeah, and and I've played for the the biggest crowd I've ever played for is like was probably like 5000 people. Wow. Um, at, at, at a festival. <laughs> Holy shit. I will I will say it's almost like live streaming. I mean, the most people I've ever live streamed for is like 50,000. That was on January 6th. And it's like it there is there's like pros and cons and something to be said for every tier as you go up. Like like mm-hmm, when you're mm-hmm. playing a gig, or you play a bar gig, which I've done, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of. It's like the first level is no one there other than the the band and the staff. That's right, the smallest right. show you can play. And I've played that like three times where it's mm-hmm, like, there's mm-hmm. literally no one there other than the band and the staff. And then it's like five people. Then it's like 10 then it's like 20. And then, but like, there's something about when you get above 500 people that it's the, like the craziest shit ever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Once at, once you get above 300, 500 up to a thousand and more than that, it's like a different thing. Just like when I saw like that number go up to like 5,000, 10,000, you just like, you get more of a rush. You, it's just like, it's, it's called being an entertainer and right, um, you just right. like, you, you know how to like ride the wave of that. But I do get what you're saying where like the intimate bar thing, it's something, yeah, it's like a special, that's like a special experience for both parties. Yeah. yeah. And you, Cause you, you can always you're doing something in, together in that. Yeah. 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 And, and there is something to say about the bigger concerts where yeah. you can tell that the entertainer is there to do it. Like he knows what he's there for. Yeah. Whereas some of them, you know, they're phoning it in. They don't care. Yeah. 
I would yeah. say the best. Nothing worse. There's nothing worse yeah. than someone phoning it in. One of the worst concerts I ever saw when I snuck in for free uh, was a Coldplay concert because Chris Martin didn't give a crap about, um, you know, Pell in Alabama. Um, but when the best ones were um, Mute Math, I don't know if you know Mute Math. Oh, yeah. I've seen them like five times. Hell incredible yeah. live show. Yeah. And Paul Meany is there to entertain you and to have fun. It's great. The and also uh, Switchfoot, mm, those boys, those boys are wow. there, and I, and I think the difference with them is they're they're there to entertain, but there's also a hint of them worshiping God when they're doing their music, are which they, is a complete yeah, they yeah are, they're Christian. Right? That's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, cool. wow. But yeah, it's a completely different feel because they are there for more than one reason, mm. and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it's also just like they want you to sing the songs with them yeah. like it, they're they're there for it and there aren't right. a lot of bands that i've seen that have been like that incredibly the best live show that i've like large concert that i've ever been to was actually motley crew wow. they gave a hell of a stage performance they put everything into it i mean these guys were like like just covered in sweat by the end of this and you could tell that they they had thrown their physicality and their bodies into everything that they were doing and it was like, also, it was like clim climbing into the Wayback Machine because everybody who was there for Motley Crue in the 80s still had all of their like 80s clothes. And so they put them on to come out for this show. And um, I wasn't, I'm not a huge Motley Crue fan. I was invited to go by friends. I and I was like, songs. Yeah, that, this I, I is not Motley bad, Crue. but yeah. it's not like I would go, you know, somebody like you go see Motley Crue with us. I'm like, yeah, I'll go to that. And I was like, wow, I'm actually so impressed by the amount of like effort they've put into entertaining me. Like I am oh. full on entertained. Thank you, Motley Crue. And let me tell you one more thing about Switchfoot because they're, like I said, they're, they're some of the best concerts I've ever gone to. One of the things that their lead singer, John Foreman does is after the show is over, when everyone's milling out, he will go out to some random place outside the venue, Ooh. like within 50, 50 yards. Nice. And he, he'll play yeah. more songs this just himself. Time. I'm about this kind of thing too, for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I was always the most happy in DC where I would, um, there's a couple things that I used to do. Like one of them, I call it hitting for the cycle. Okay. If you know, baseball hitting for the cycles, single, double, triple Homer. It's where you play in, you play for all the main instruments in a night. You play drums, bass, guitar, and and keys. And like there's then there's the double cycle where there's a four band bill and you hit the cycle while playing in all four bands. So shit oh, like wow. that. And or you go to four different venues. There I've done many things where you leave the venue, you go to you go to three clubs in a night to play. This stuff's fun. Or you do a campfire after, you do a house par party. Some of the best shows are house parties, yo. Yeah, like I've, there's been house parties that I've played for 30 people that have been like the best night of my life. Frat parties, shit like that. <laughs> Let me just say one thing. If anyone wants to clip this to help a brother out, John Foreman, come on our show. <laughs> yeah. He's, I, he loves John Foreman. Yeah, we've talked twice in real life. The name of the show is inspired by something that you read on stage. Let's talk. <laughs> I am. Um... I, I will say for the house party thing, the night that you came to Georgia oh, and you yeah? played for all of us night, was huh? <laughs> one of the best nights yeah. I've had in yeah, a year. That, yeah, was that was fun. so much fun. 
Um, the fact that I, you knew John Deere Green. Mm -hmm. I only know because of J. Edgar. Yeah. Believe you yeah. knew that song. Cool. That, that was amazing. Tight. I don't yeah. know. I didn't know country until a year. I've only known country for a year. I never heard of John wow. Deere Green until like October 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. that is a throwback. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I never heard of a lot of these country songs. It's yeah. crazy. I was not. Right. I'm not a country. Well, I will be a country boy, but yeah, it's not what I was. I was raised on a lot of like soul stuff. I was like a lot of like Motown, yeah. Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, a okay. lot of pop, a lot of pop, a lot, and like yeah. Almond Brothers, and uh, but mostly like pop. Just like my mom liked pop music, like seventies mm -hmm. pop. Okay. You know? Okay. So I was raised on a ton of that. I will say in. A couple months i'll be in birmingham so if you ever want to do this again and have a bearded man with you mm. i'll be closer <laughs> is that a threat or a it is a threat offer <laughs> it's a it's a threat and a promise of gratification oh wow <laughs> so many things <laughs> true yeah we need to do that um, we need to do that again though i love the sing-songy times at houses it's just so yeah. it's very wholesome we were drunk that night but i mean without the the drinking would have been very wholesome yeah yeah nothing yeah. happened but i'm just saying we were drunk that's not the most wholesome someone thing. brought tequila <laughs> i don't know it just got a little bit away from us but um we did have an excellent time and yeah i just i haven't had that that much fun in probably over a year so i really appreciate it more to come more to, yeah i mean yeah. i really what i would love i just want to bring back like the campfire because i'm in I, and that that was basically a campfire like the the gathering where you get to just play music and yep. I, that's why i like traditional music i like bluegrass like anything that's jams plus people hanging out is what i want to keep doing forever that's why i know it'd be okay if the grid went down you know to yeah. a point because you just you, you can always have music i got an acoustic piano downstairs i got acoustic guitars and like that's that that yep. sense of community like convene and make music together is awesome i love it there's yeah. There's actually something you just reminded me of. Um, there's a show called Alone. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's hmm. where people try to survive out in wilderness with nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you make it to like 100 days, you can win a, a million dollars, $500,000 or whatever. And these people are out there by themselves. And a couple of the seasons, one of the contestants has whittled a small guitar out of Whoa. wood. Whoa. And they have this, you know, it's just this tinny, terrible sounding little wood guitar that they whittle. And when they're playing it by themselves, you know, they've been in the wilderness on their own for 30, 60, 90 days. And they're strumming at this little guitar and they're singing a little song to themselves. It's so intimate and it's mm. so beautiful and it doesn't have to be perfect notes. It doesn't have to be beautiful singing. It's this intimacy that makes the music so beautiful. And every time I've seen someone on alone sing on a little guitar that they've played, I've cried my eyes out. There's just something so beautiful <laughs> something about, about it. it. Like, yeah. 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 The strip down. Yep. Yeah. You say you ha yeah. haven't listened to much um, country music. Have Not you listened to last year though, but last year I've like OD'd on it. Have you listened yeah, to culture wall? Yeah, I have in the last year. Oh my God. Yeah. It's got an amazing yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's like my favorite kind of music are, are singers with unique voices and a, particularly mm. ones who, whose voices break down in the right way. Mm. Yeah. Because there's something to be said about someone who sings beautifully and perfectly. That's great. But 
the ones who you can feel the emotion when their voice breaks yeah. is like, yeah. oh, that's yeah, the stuff. A good singer is just like it's it's. There's nothing better than that. I mean, it's my favorite listen to. It's my favorite instrument to listen to when it's good, and it's you know the worst when it's bad. But um, yeah, someone a singer a, a singer truly nailing a song, and like we said, where it like breaks up, it's uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Check out, and I don't know, some guys that I know called it a little uh, toe-gazy toe or something. But, shoe-gazing. Uh, shoe Check yeah. out um, Wild Sweet Orange. It's a band out of Birmingham. They don't, they're not to get, they don't do music together anymore. But their album, uh, We Have Cause to Be Uneasy, which is a title of a chapter from a C.S. Lewis book, mm. uh, is like the song Aretha's Gold. There is a break in that dude's voice in that song. It's just wonderful. So cool. check that I'll out. Check it out. Yeah. I just look that so Steven, cool. I know we got to get wrapping up pretty soon. Um, I'm chilling. I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I wanna, know, but I'm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you as someone who has just now for the first time in my life started to try to learn to play guitar. Um, what are some pieces of advice you can give to someone who in adulthood is kind of yeah. dipping their toe cool. into play smoke question. on the water? Good, good, yeah. Yeah, good question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, what I'm about to say, I, I wouldn't have known as well or been able to clear, like say it so clearly five years ago. Like, uh, like when I started teaching, I definitely, you know, if you're watching this video, kids from back then, I'm sorry, I was not a good teacher back then because I had to break a lot of eggs on the way and like learn how to teach. Like, I don't know, you don't exactly, I, I don't, even if there was a college degree for private teaching, I don't have a college degree. So mm. I just had to learn it through the profession of doing it over and I substitute taught a lot. And the, you know, I, I was a good teacher in the beginning, but I think I'm a great teacher now. And okay, so. I, like the first step is to know what you want to do. I mean, it's kind of like, I know like what is realistic and what's not like for, I like basketball. Like for instance, if I, but no amount of anything is going to make me be able to join the NBA. So right, right. that's off yeah. the table and you have to know what's yeah. on the table and what's off. So if you want to most people when they want to learn guitar or when they want to learn whatever is they either want to sing and play or they want to jam with people. Yeah. Um, and so you, do you want to just learn songs and sing them? And I want to be able to play songs around a campfire yeah, and for okay, everybody cool. to sing along. Yeah. Bam. All right. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to practice. I mean, that's that no one has ever gotten good at like the, the phrase they're talented or they're like, I picked up a guitar and I was bad at it. It's like, yes, you and every single person guitar is like the hardest instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it evolves amount of like physical uncomfortability and pain in your yeah, left hand. Yeah, I like, I yeah. don't have calluses yet, so it's Yeah, you gotta play yeah. more, you gotta play, you gotta repeat these chord changes over and over and over. And then, so you just gotta, and the best way to do that is do like a set amount every day, like 45 minutes every day or 30. Okay. But you also need to like repeat the same motion hundreds and hundreds of times. Like that's right. the really way, like the well, another big fallacy about learning music is how many years someone's played. Like I've taught people that have played for 50 years that still suck. Okay. Why? Oh, and no. I got, and I got, I got good at piano in under three. Why? You know, when in my twenties, you know, I wasn't a kid. I was in my, I was a grown man. Why? Right. Cause right. there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm actually writing a book about it that, you know, I'll probably be out in like a year and a half. Um, but all kinds of things, but you have to practice, you have to pick songs you like, you have to 
and playing with other people helps a lot but okay. it's really i mean like really it's it's very simple it's like the stupid old carnegie hall joke like how mm -hmm. do you get to carnegie hall you practice and right. like so you have to practice and do the same chord switches over and over then start to sing and then play with people and in time you'll get good and that amount of time is always more than a year 100 okay. percent of the time always so you have to be patient there too so you kind of have to find ways to make the process fun for you the whole time okay. and we can talk more if you ever want a lesson but it's like yeah like you have to find a way to be able to like play the same chord progression 600 times and not get sick of it so this is why i have wondered um just to expand on this question if um like guitar tabs are useful because they will teach you to play something you're interested in quickly although you're not technically learning to read music right. you're keeping yourself engaged by knowing how to play something that you recognize yes and i've so, heard kind of yeah. two different camps on this i, I would say there's three um okay first thing to recognize is that reading music is not like me tell learning the chords is not reading the music and mm -hmm. learning the chords is also not learning the tablature i mean right. the the tab the tabs are going to communicate what chords are as will um as will reading music it's gonna have three notes there that make up the chord but there's this other thing called just learning the chord boxes and learning how to strum the chords that's what i recommend i don't recommend tab if you're learning riffs like smoke on the water tabs are great um mm -hmm. if you're learning classical pieces and like how to play specific melodies on the guitar reading music is better but if you're trying to like you need to be operating in the realm of chord boxes and bar lines yeah. Okay. Like that's, that's, that's really what, what you, yeah. If you're looking to play pop music, and I, I say this as a person who's an expert in reading chord boxes and tablature, what you need to be doing is the bread and butter is learning chord boxes that change at a certain time while a person sings. That's pop music. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So do that all, right. all day. Well, yeah, isn't, isn't the cliche that it's not about how many years you play, it's about how many hours you play? And like well, okay. the big number is yeah. 50,000. Yep. That's level two. I would say that's not correct though, because what if you spend 50,000 hours practicing something wrong? Yeah. You've now wasted yeah. your time. So what it's really about, like that's why the phrase practice makes per perfect is false. What it is is perfect practice makes perfect because you have to be practicing as at a, at a good enough level that it makes it worth your time. You yeah. Know? So if you're just doing it, but that's, and that's what I teach, by the way, I, a couple people in the chat are my students. Um, that's what I really teach is how to like hyper isolate your practice habits. So the, the chumps hour is your 15 minutes. And mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. can, if, if you think it takes 10, I'm going to teach you how to make it take 20, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, there's all these different levels to it. It gets very philosophical, but it's fun. I can explain the whole thing. That's what I got behind me. So just, you know, do you have advice for people who have smaller hands? Um, yeah, I, well, number one, I, I have smaller, I have smaller hands. Um, yes. Number two is I'm uh, like wrapped up in this is like, like wrapped up in this is like, there's all these, this is another big part of my job. There are so many cliches and tr things that people are, think are true that people mm -hmm. are used to telling themselves that they act out and they're not true. Right. I'll give you a list of them. My hands are too small as one of them. I'm tone deaf. I don't have rhythm. I'm just not good at it. Uh, the, you know, something's off. It's like, I'm not feeling, I don't feel it. That's also a myth. 
But like, no, I mean, like I can show you someone way better than, I don't know who they are. I would say, I, but I'm just saying law of averages. I could find someone way smaller than you that's a billion times better than you at guitar. See, this is why I so, kind of, um, I, I avoided learning matter. guitar for a long time because yeah. of the small hand myth. Look, and then I yeah. saw so many videos of children playing guitars. And I thought if children, yeah. I, my hands aren't yeah. smaller than children's hands. You gotta, so. you gotta pay attention to like the self-talk and the self-chatter because yeah. like what's gonna happen is you're gonna tell yourself all kinds of shit that isn't necessarily true. And it's just like a, a thing in your way in that where you could be yeah. just practicing a chord right now. Okay. Like all the self-talks, there's so many myths and cliches that that are just, they don't hold up in the field of, in the field of like the laboratory. And that's what I'm in when I'm in a lesson as I'm like, it's a laboratory and we're looking at what works and what doesn't. And this, the hands thing, just here's what you do, buy a small guitar. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. And then yeah. get a baby then, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. Or a Gil baby Ailey. Taylor. That's okay. a, that's a good, a guitar tuned up a fourth and it's like a guitar ukulele. I like, I like, I do like the way ukulele sound. Um, I, I'm using, I bought my husband a guitar several years ago for Christmas. He hasn't touched it once. Mm. So, um, I'm like, well, I'm tired of watching this thing sit here and gather dust. I'm going to restring it and learn some chords. And, you know, um, I've been using like videos on YouTube and stuff like that, but I have gotten a little bit of the self-talk where like, oh, I, my hands won't quite reach around the way other people's yeah. hands will and things like that. So I'm trying to like uh, self-talk, as you're saying, it's like yeah. um, difficult to overcome the challenges yeah. you set up for yourself in your in your own mind. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. And like if you, it's like the people on that YouTube video, you know, they've done it for thousands more hours than you and yeah. whatever it is. And also. It's like you kind of shouldn't once I call this thing I'm about to describe like the knowledge barrier or something like that. Once you're past the knowledge barrier, like say they're trying to get you to go from an E to an A chord and you know what an E and an A chord are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know what, what it looks like, you know where to put your hands, you know all the content. You've passed the yeah. knowledge barrier. At that point, you kind of shouldn't judge it or say anything about it until you've done it like 300 times. Okay. Then you can the start to be like, then you can start to be like noticing things, but you just need to do it 300. Now say it takes you, say it takes you five seconds to get from E to A, right? And you do that 10 times. That's 50 seconds. It's not going to take 50 seconds forever because you're going to be getting better. So you just yeah. got to keep going back, rinse and repeat, iron out the shirt for like an hour. And then your hand will hurt so bad that you don't want to criticize it. Yeah, yeah. You're just gonna be like, enough. just it's like in a sport. If you're really fatigued, like like what's his name? Chris Rock had a funny joke where he said, um, you know, if a homeless person has a funny sign, they have not been homeless for very long. A real homeless person <laughs> is too hungry to be funny, and uh, that's what like that's what being fatigued in sports and skills is. It's like you're just done. It's like when you're that done on guitar, when you've gripped it for an hour and you're just dead. You, you're yeah. not going to be like, you're just going to say I'm done. And that's how, you know, you practice. Like, you're not going to be able to like criticize yourself or anyone else. Cause your finger is going to be like, your hands gonna be falling off. So that's what right. I recommend. Just practice all the time. All right. Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice. Thank you. All right. So we have hit two hours and 12 minutes at this point. So I should bring in the last couple of questions. One of which I'll be very vague about <clears throat> because I have to be, 
Um, when are you going to be able to talk about that thing you can't okay, talk about? Okay, good question. I mean, I, okay, so first of all, he's, he's talking about January 6th, and we can utter its name. I did a lot of things. Okay, look, I did a lot of thinking about this and a lot of strategic bl blunders over the last year and a half. I mean, there's some things I would have done differently as far as the way I talked about it, like, and, like, after the fact, like, how I ran my streams and stuff. I'm in the legal process right now, so the thing that I can't really and I don't want to talk about is is just like the details of my sentencing or potential sentencing or potential developments going forward. Um, okay. But what, like what I'm going to do after, after a couple more steps have been taken is I'm going to do like an ask me anything, you know, okay. and that will be, oh. I would say probably mid May. Okay. okay. Mid, so, mid May, something like that. Yeah. Mid May or later, let's have you back on so we can just oh, have okay. the whole conversation. Yeah, I would think yeah. I was gonna definitely do the do the rounds. Yeah, for sure, because I do want to yeah. talk about it. I do want to speak my mind, and uh, um, yeah, for sure, I would love I would love that. Yeah, I, I've there's that's honestly the people are like a lot of people are praying for me. A lot of people are you know when I talk to them, they're sympathizing with me and saying it must be really hard. I'm telling you, like the thing hanging over my head is not that bad. It's not being able to talk about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm a real human being. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I like talking. I'm all about the truth. And it, that's the, been the hardest part. I just can't run a live stream or an interview the way I want where I can just like pop off. Yeah. It's like the one subject I can't pop off about. And, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It is, it's coming one day. And it's the okay. thing I'm most curious about. And yeah, I can't I know. ask it's you about it's it. Like, it and, and I'm not an uninteresting guy. I mean, we do I do all kinds of things, but it's literally the most interesting thing about me. You know, so it's like, <laughs> it's like what everyone wants to talk about. So it right. sucks, but you know, God, God has a plan and I, it's, it's close. So yeah, yeah. definitely okay. come back on talk about whatever. All right. Second question. What is your favorite thing about Jessica? Favorite thing about Jessica interesting well i mean i really like talking to jessica that's very that's like i favorite thing so far oh okay i will say this number one having you on my show i i like interviewing you a lot i think that's always very nice number two is i like your stance it's very like like jessica showed me this song called fancy like this is like about <laughs> six months ago or something and i was like i was like yo i was like this is tight and um and i'm into songs that i don't know if it's called cheesy or fun or whatever and I, yeah. jessica a couple months ago was like you know i'm done saying the phrase guilty pleasure like i like what i like period yep. i i respect that a lot and i've now it's like i'm like i feel like the years maybe 2010 to 2020 were all about like disclaimers and disavowals and qualifying statements and like yeah. i don't agree with that like and i want the next 10 years to be the opposite of just like dude i like what i like and i like who i like and i feel the way i feel and you're the same and cool or not and leave or i'll leave and it's like so much simpler when we can just be ourselves so i like that yeah a lot. i agree that's awesome and yeah. you know <laughs> well, that's how I felt when you play. We're playing John Deere Green. Yeah. I mean, like no one would we admit like to it. liking that song, yeah. but we I like love it. that song. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I showed that song, that uh, song "Fancy" to a friend of mine, and he got mm. like viscerally angry about it. And I was really? like, it "Hits a little too close to home," I think. Like. You know, so I, you know, where I'm at is pretty red and stuff like that. But there's a lot of examples of 
I'll be at the bar. I'll be with people. And there's like the libs and the commies are they're everywhere. They're ever okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm at the, I'm at the, I'm in this bar late night and we're listening to a song grooving. And I said something to this girl, this girl sitting next to me. She's like a college girl. I said something like, dang, like, yo, this song is like blacker than Marvin Gaye about fancy. <laughs> about fan and she was like, Oh, I was like, literally, I've been talking to her for a while. She's literally like, yeah, if you like fifth thematic oppression, like it was like textbook oh. NPC shit lib response. And I was like, Oh, I was like, you ruined it. You ruined everything. They ruined everything. I was like, <laughs> this I was is like, the girl with the septum piercing, right? True. Yes, I remember true. this story now. Yeah, okay. Fact check true. <laughs> yes, true. Wow. Right, like, yeah, right. If you like the systematic patriarchy of oppression, I'm like, oh my God, bitch. Like, like yeah, uh, I, I'd love it. What's yeah. to hate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. And my final question which is the question we ask of everyone before we, we wrap up, is what is something right now in your life, locally, globally, national, et cetera, uh, that brings you hope and helps you, gives you the motivation to carry on? What's the, what's, what's your white pill right wow, now? Wow, yeah, white, I mean, like the ultimate <laughs> white pill is Jesus Christ. Um, yes. That's, you know, that's, and, and it's like part of our fallen sin human nature is like there's always gonna be this fight where there's a part of us telling us that that's not good enough. If you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. because we're like, oh yeah, when I die, you know, which is not to detract no. from Christ, but it's like, there's a part of us that's like, wait, but I'm here now. Like I'm here now. Yeah. I have flesh now. I've I need food now, you know, things like that. So we're human. So as far as the non Christ option, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to be like cliche, but it's like kind of like we have a general amount of freedom here, even though we've been inconvenienced a lot and evil, tyrannical things have been done with the COVID stuff. It's like we still are relatively free in that if you work harder, you can enact an outcome. And that, that's what I that's what I find. And there and you're not alone. You're literally not alone. Like we've I've learned that in the last two years of meeting people online. We've met in real life and mm -hmm, the hope mm -hmm. can, like uh, and we actually get along with each other. And it's like we've proved that it is possible, even if it's not doesn't look like when we were kids where you would actually see each other all the time. There's possible if we really wanted to like pool money and and move to the same place. In fact, a few of my friends have moved closer to me. Uh, mm -hmm. you can do that. There's a community out there. So I'm trying to gather all my people yeah. to Georgia. Yo, <laughs> I'm telling you, by the way, Appalachia yeah. is where it's at. I mean, like, because yeah. I, I don't, I'm a little more old school where I like driving a four or five hour drive is nothing in a day for me mm -hmm. like, it was yeah. to, to help a friend or for, so Appalachia, man, the Bible belt is, I think that's the future of America. I don't think Mer America can be the same size for 20 more, more years. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the, the future is in like a Bible about Appalachia, Appalachia, deep south. But yeah, the, the friends we made along the way and, you know, the Internet exists. It's fun to shit post. I mean, there's a lot of white pills out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the Jesus white pills, the, the best one, especially when you start Pretty roping good. in, you know, the, the fact that we're we're made to be here. We're made to mm. to help the, to not necessarily go into a yes, yeah, somewhat into a. Um, ecological i don't know what word i'm looking for um but you know we're here to tend the earth to make it right. better make it beautiful and there will be a, a resurrection there will be a marriage of heaven and earth 
things are going to be good, dude. And that's my favorite white pill. Yeah, because it's, it's it the ultimate. Yeah. Yep. And what's funny about that is there are a lot of people that may not get it or may think that that's, oh, but what, what about right now? But it's like having that little, that, that hope is everything to me. Yeah. Absolutely everything to me. Yeah. True statement. But I really enjoyed talking to you. What's funny is I yeah. didn't know about the January 6th thing until after we were like, hey, let's talk to Steven. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Wow. So a lot of people, for, I kept a, a little bit on wraps, but you know, all you got to do is Google my name and you'll see, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I found out after we did that. And so it, for, if it means anything to you, the most interesting thing about you to me was not that when, mm. when we decided to do this. Wow. So. Very cool. Wow. That's, that's a white pill for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big, not a big clout guy. I mean, I'm on the internet, like, but when that happened, I didn't want it just ended up happening and you know i i was like am i about to go into hiding you know but i i just like chilling and i at then it's kind of weird it's it, like at then i'm kind of like a blue collar even though i don't have a blue collar background i like working like this is work to me it's i i i stream somewhat for a part-time job and i'm i'm working now this is how i work i work by being myself I do music by being myself and that's to me i've just always been i i like being a professional that just shows up to work and that's what we're doing right now which is right a great job yeah so yeah yeah true that well i appreciate you coming on and Damn. thank you yeah um but let me tell people where to find you and then we'll, we'll pop you off the screen and finish our spiel mm -hmm. um but if they want to find you on people want to find you on twitter you are at iggy normous now yes. what got you kicked off of your last uh, it was the it was the mass like Nick Fuentes Groiper ban like like everyone Nick Fuentes got banned and then he created a new account and got like a ton of followers right away and started like trolling people and like every one of his followers got banned it was like 7,000 okay. people in a night so it was even related to like anything other than following you know the most banned dude in the world so that's that's it <laughs> nothing spicy. I wish it was better I I say a lot of spicy shit man I I, I wish it was something cool but it's not, it's just got banned because of, I call it Groiper knocked. And uh, so that's why, but now I'm, Iggy. but now the cool thing I, about the word about Iggy Normus is if I get banned, I'll just be junior, the third, the fourth, and now I have a name that I could just add generations onto. Right. And I will right. say, here's a tip. I said this to whip before the show last week, but if you make your, your comments, like the one I made to Justin Trudeau in a quote tweet, rather than as a reply you're typically safer oh i i deviated from my from the the path and i got banned i'm yeah. just telling you that's keep funny. it in the quote tweets dude, i i really dude i think that is because it's a world leader and nothing more for your your banning i've done it for other world leaders really yeah but i always did it in a quote tweet mm. i'm telling mm. you don't do it in the replies do it in a quote tweet like you you told you told a a world leader to eat shit and die, bro. No, no, he, he asked no, him if he had considered I, I understand it. how rhetoric works. That's telling a world leader to eat shit and die. Like, you know, I mean, so I'm not saying you should have been banned, but I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, respect, bro. Like, so many people, so many people were out like, respect on your original, like, with your, like, help me find my friends tweet. Uh, everyone, like, respect, like, that's the way to go Dude, out, bro. My phone. Like I have, a, I have the watch and every time I would get a follower, it would buzz. I got like 800 and something followers yeah. within 12 hours. And that annoyed, like, it was great. I'm very happy that you're following me now, but holy shit. Was that annoying? Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, can't all be so popular, right? Can't <laughs> I think it just hit just the right notes. Uh, like the way I went out, the what the it timing. It was pretty epic, dude. It was pretty epic. <laughs> um, but you do have a show called The Daily Ignoramus. And I from what I've sussed out, best way to get there is D Live and DLive.tv. Yeah, or... DLive.tv, Stephen Stephen and Gramus, you got it on the screen right now. I the best thing to do, I'll throw this in the chat right now. I, I didn't wasn't I didn't tell you guys this about ahead of time, but there's this website called Liberty Links. It's like Linktree. I got banned on Linktree, but uh, Liberty Links is where you can find all my links, and that's libertylinks.io slash ignoramus. But yeah, DLive, Odyssey, not, the replays don't go to YouTube anymore, but we still stream on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, Odyssey is probably the place where I want people to go the most, but okay. dude, just Google me and read the hit pieces and go from there. Yeah, so, it's like so. It's like that's the best route. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to check out his music, SoundCloud.com/slash No Next Nothing Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but beyond that, you know, yeah, we try. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the next time you come to Georgia. Hopefully, I will know a few songs that I could play around the campfire with you. Yeah, I mean, like I, this is public knowledge because she's saying in the chat, but Katie, Katie's having a party for July Fourth, and she said you're invited, Cam. Oh. So. Awesome. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Thank she didn't say that about you though, Jessica. So I would check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I didn't hear about the party. So. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course you're invited. I, I would check. <laughs> I didn't mean to make things weird. But... <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, July fourth in Georgia. Okay. Georgia. I will be. I will be two hours away. All right. Well, great talking to you guys. You're awesome. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you. Hi, thank you for coming you. on. All right. Peace out. See you. To the rest of you unwashed masses, I have to tell you all of the new things because guess what? I have a new Twitter handle. So I, I have to tell you that. Um, but let's talk about who's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, it's the return of Brad Binkley, who I have had patrons and other people say, hey, y'all should have Brad on once a month. And so I, I, I sent him a message saying, hey, do you want to cap off every month with us? I haven't gotten an answer yet. <laughs> but he is he is he is coming next week for our first Valentine's episode. It's going to be a love fest and about yeah. probably nothing. And it'll be fun. Cam After that we likes to get hammered and tell Brad how much he loves him. It's so. true. Yeah. It's true. Um <laughs> just after that, our second how not Halloween. Our second Valentine's episode, we're going to have Troy Frazier from Revived Thoughts back on to tell us about St. Valentine, who he was, what he did, where Valentine's Day comes from, and not just the uh, Hallmark version. Mm-hmm. After that, Nick and Lizzie Pacone, uh, our friends, you've, we've had Nick on plenty of times. Uh, they're going to come and cap off Black History Month with, with us, and we're going to talk about all things uh, how Nick you know, colonizes his wife. Um, after that, <laughs> we have what? a, what's a, no, I was going to say, uh, what I love about February is that it's friends history month because we've <laughs> had all of our friends on. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And then starting off March, we have Kat Kattenson coming on, who is a girl who at one point, uh, transitioned into a male and then detransitioned. And this is a, class of people, a very small subsect of humanity that people don't want to exist. So the the trans activists hate them. If you ever, she has a TikTok and if you ever look in her comments, it's about people not wanting her to exist. 
Oh, and that's look, fascinating to me. I am invited to the party. Ha! Well, well duh, it's in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, you need to know where to find us. So first off, I am no longer at Cam Harless. I am now at Ham Carless. So find me on Twitter. If you'd like to find Jessica, for the moment, she's still at Soup Canarchist. For the we'll moment. see how long that lasts. That reminds me of a little pig waiting for the bus. By the way, Ham Carless. <laughs> it's like a little pig in a bowler hat with a suitcase that he's waiting for the bus. It's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, if you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button, subscribe, help us grow here because we'd like to make some money from YouTube off of this. Like help help us out. Um, best way to help us out, again, are going to be the t-shirts, which are wearethemadonecom slash store. Also mugs, tanks. Coffee mugs. Um, yep. yep. And uh, patreon.com slash themadonecom if you want to talk to us more, if you want to have Zoom calls, if you want to have say in who our next guests are or what yeah. topics we want to explore. Patreon.com slash the mad ones. Uh, we're also, if you want to watch, if you're listening, if you want to watch us, youtube.com slash the mad ones. We're also on Rockfin and Odyssey. If you're watching and you prefer to listen, we're on every podcatcher. So just type our name in. And if you want to join our Bible study, it's still going on. We're in the middle of Acts right now. So if you'd like to join that, just send me a message at Ham Carlos on Twitter. And we'll get you sorted into either Discord or Twitter. The Bible study is a lot of fun. So if you're interested in reading the Bible and then, you know, just like sorting it out with friends, it's a great time. Uh, we love it. So, yeah, join us. It's it's awesome. Awesome. And that is all that we have for you. So as always, uh, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up. <laughs>